Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. I'm Richard Pennsylvania from Epcot, and you have tuned in. No, it's not Richard Pennsylvania from Epcot. It's Q. I am back from holidays, and Jamin and I are bringing a jam-packed show today. We've got a lot to catch up on, folks. So, Jamin, how are you going? I'm I'm really good. I'm just wondering who Richard Pennsylvania is. He's from Epcot, and is that a Disney? That's a Disney thing, right? Sort of, yeah, it is. Um, no, there's this cool new show called um, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and there was this hilarious in-joke. It's a Tina Fey show. Oh. She produces it, and she's just been in a couple of the episodes so far, and it's hilarious. And, yeah, there was this great line, which was so nerdy, and I thought, I'm going to steal that line. So full credit to Tina Fey and uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a great show. It's on Netflix. That's awesome. I'm loving Netflix, by the way. Like, I just we haven't think, got it yet, but it's really good. I can't believe it. Like, I mean, obviously, the US and so many other countries around the world have had Netflix forever, but having just got it in Australia, it's just, it's, I don't know. Obviously, we're four years late here, but how good is it? Like, eleven dollars a month, watch whatever you want. Crazy. Yeah, it sounds like a good deal. But like, is the other countries had it for ages long because they've got better internet than us? Thanks, Tony Abbott. Oh. Don't get me started. I'll All right, let's not get started on that. We've got a lot of Michael stuff to talk about. <laughs> we totally do. And uh, I'm I'm just so glad that you're back, Hugh. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello. I'm back. Back home. Back working. Got to pay off the bills now. <laughs> You've been traveling all around the world. Where have you been going? Uh, so we had a, a big, like, basically almost four-week holiday in Australia. We Most people get sort of four weeks annual leave, which... You might not know, but like in the US, that's almost unheard of. It's very, we're very lucky in Australia, or we're just very lazy, maybe a bit of both. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I actually get six weeks annual leave a year in my job. Um, and you'd probably get a lot more being a teacher because school holidays and things like that. So we went to uh, Toronto in Canada, Niagara, New York, Las Vegas. Oh, I had a day trip to Raleigh, North Carolina which was, that's where Krispy Kremes were invented. Who knew? Yeah, that's not why we went. We went to visit a friend and her family (laughs) because of Krispy Kreme. Um, Las Vegas, San Francisco, and Hong Kong Disneyland. So it was a massive trip. Huge, huge. And and for our listeners as well that might not know, obviously Q, massive Disney fan right here. Hello. Yes, huge, obsessed, just (laughs) as much as I'm Michael Jackson obsessed. I'm Disney, Disney, but mainly in a lot of ways, Disney parks and resorts, Disney parks and resorts obsessed as well. Yeah, we should, oh, we didn't add it into the, into the show notes, but we could, um, you know, we got, uh, being like a big Disney expert here, maybe we could talk about the recent Captain EO news. Isn't something happening around, it was shutting down and now it's not shutting down or something like that? No, I'm pretty sure it's like pretty much all shutting down. I don't, I think Tokyo's replacing it with a stitch attraction. Oh, God knows why they love Stitch so much over there, but good for them. Um, so Tokyo's losing theirs. Trying to remember what's happening with the Paris one. Disneyland Paris have a Captain EO. I think theirs might still be on and off. There was a news article I read that said it was shutting down, and then that was posted on um, MJJC, and then, yeah. you know, the Michael Jackson fan forum. And, and I went into, like, the thread, and I was reading it, and then about halfway through the thread, there was a post saying that the the shutting down of Captain EO in this particular park had been postponed or something. Oh, it's going to shut down, but they're postponing it for a period of time or something. I don't know. 
Well, I know in the U.S. parks in Disneyland, the original in California, which yeah. is coming up to is celebrating its uh, diamond anniversary, 60 years uh, this year, Disneyland in California and actually at the Epcot Park at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, where um, in the Imagination Pavilion where Epcot was, they use those theaters sometimes for film previews, mm. especially in California one. They used it for most recently Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and currently the Tomorrowland, which is funny because that's what land it's in, Tomorrowland, there's a film coming out in May with uh, George Clooney is one of the big names in the film called Tomorrowland. Uh, and they were doing the current Captain EO replacement was like a film preview for Tomorrowland in the US parks. So after that, I did just read this morning that the next film to be previewed I think in Florida, definitely, is the Inside Out Pixar film. I think it's Pixar. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Yeah, that. that looks really good. Why they wouldn't do that in the Wonders of Life pavilion at Epcot, who knows, because uh, it's basically a film which is almost similar to an attraction I had at that now abandoned pavilion called um, uh, Cranium Command, which is a similar kind of story kind of thing so yeah but we could do a whole episode on captain eo at some point oh, in the future we totally should because it's like the intersection of your two you know major um interests you know michael jackson and disney it's like the the intersection of those two things really yeah really and cool. it's pretty it's a pretty big intersection because captain eo is pretty awesome and i have i've been very lucky i've seen it in california uh disneyland i've seen it in disneyland Paris, and I have seen it in Tokyo Disneyland. So I've actually seen three of the four Captain EO presentations out there, all of them since it has been brought back. I didn't get to see it in the 90s when it was originally around. Mm. I saw it since it's been brought back. So I was very, 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 very grateful that they did bring it back for yeah. a short time. It can't last forever. Oh, I understand. It's very dated. Um, but that's well... part of the charm. I mean, you've seen it in all these great places. I've I've been lucky enough to watch it on YouTube. Yes, uh, and <laughs> YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. Totally not the experience that it was intended for with the 3D effects <laughs> or 4D. I think it is, yes, isn't it? With it was the... one of the first 4D attractions ever. Ah, oh, so cool. Hopefully, one day, my wife. We've we've always wanted to to go to a Disneyland somewhere, a Disney park, and um, hopefully one day we get the opportunity to see it there. It's not looking great at the moment with the news of it maybe shutting down so we'll see what happens but i can't wait to go to the the new disney park opening uh, in china hopefully next year shanghai um, shanghai, shanghai disneyland Ooh. hello they're gonna have a tron coaster which i am freaking out about because yeah that should be in every park they're gonna have a tron light cycle coaster which is gonna awesome and i'm very jealous because you'll probably get to do that before me and i'm a massive nerd and love tron as well so so cool i mean my my favorite uh disney you know franchise is definitely mulan and i don't know why i just love the story and i i can't wait to go to a chinese disney park to to hopefully see you know maybe they might have some special mulan merchandise or attractions or something but i think that could be kind of cool yeah so we'll i see. didn't see much at hong kong disneyland like those photos i sent you of those banners at the yeah. park promenade between the hotel and the park that's pretty much it surprisingly it. there's nothing really in the park mulan which is a little bit odd yeah we'll see 
who can say, but we should get back on topic and talk like yeah. sort of some Michael stuff, shouldn't we? Because we got a lot to get through, haven't we? So like Disney cast. Well, yeah, the Disney cast. That's that's going to be my new show <laughs> hosted by Kimmy Schmidt. Um, so I'm stepping back into the shoes that uh, Damien Shields so kindly filled while I was away. Um, yeah, I think he stretched them a little bit because he did such a great job. So thank you so much to Damien for, for stepping up and stepping in to fill in for me. You did a great job. That was a great episode you guys did. But did I miss anything else? Oh, we, <laughs> we've been busy, man. You have been a busy, busy man. We've had a really big month for the MJ cast. It's been phenomenal. We've, uh, you know, we secured a couple of uh, special episodes, some interviews with some great people, including Kerry Anderson. Uh, and Tommy Organ, some people who worked with Michael Jackson professionally uh, when he was alive. Uh, Kerry obviously was a uh, security, you know, head of security for Michael Jackson during the mid 2000s, and then Tommy Organ was his guitarist during This Is It. He also worked with Janet Jackson, so we had a couple of really big special episodes there, which were which were a lot of fun to record. That was and really then... cool when um, I, I listened to these interviews. Obviously, one I listened while I was away, and and then one I listened to when I got home, um, but. Tommy Organ, like, you know, his first big gig was the Rhythm Nation tour with Janet. Crazy. Whoa. Crazy. That's massive. He's so... He is so humble. He he doesn't go out and publicize all the different people he's worked with all the time. But he's he's worked with Janet Jackson. He's worked with Ray Charles, Beyonce, Usher. He's worked with all of the Jackson brothers. All it, of the it, Jackson it, brothers. Masters. It's, it's, it's amazing what he's actually done. So that was a lot of fun to record that interview. And then obviously as well to celebrate Earth Day, uh, we released our, our Planet Earth tribute video uh, to the Earth Day Network and Michael Jackson. So and that, and that blew up way bigger than we could have anticipated. It's had like some crazy amount, like over 30,000 views on Facebook and been shared a ridiculous amount of times. So. Well, hats off to you because you, you put that together and you did a really great job. And then you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go post this video now. I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. Thanks for letting me see it first <laughs> and everything. And, and then you put it up. And then the internet exploded and you were very busy that week. So I was sort of thanking everyone and, and I hope – I'm sure I have missed people on Twitter, um, but I tried to thank everyone and our listeners that shared it on Twitter and retweeted it because that – it was just every day that week it was going crazy. And then over on Facebook, I can't even tell you the numbers on Facebook because it was it was a bajillion, bajillion, yeah. hundred million bajillion people – it was really huge on Facebook and I couldn't thank everyone individually on Facebook because it was just like tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. So um, it did, it did blow up and uh, it was, it was really great to see people getting behind the video to celebrate planet earth, uh, both, you know, the place that we live in and also the, the amazing poem that, that Michael wrote for the, uh, he, he originally wrote it for the dancing, the dream book that came out in the early nineties and, and obviously recorded a, a live spoken word version of it which was later included on the this is it soundtrack uh in 2009 so it was great to see people celebrating his art once again and uh all for a great cause so i'm glad it, i'm glad it went really well i wonder if he recorded any other poems like that's a great book i remember very clearly when that came out in the 90s and stumbling across it in a bookshop and i nearly fainted but like i wonder if he sort of did a a, a voice recording of all of the poems and if if somewhere in a vault there, there's all of the stuff that he's spoken out. Imagine that. That would be incredible. 
be crazy. Like it, it's very possible. Like I mean, he's there's some great poems in there. There's another one called Mother Earth, which is really good, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Michael did record a lot of that poetry as well, because obviously if he did Planet Earth, then the chances of him doing other ones are really high as well. So who knows? Yeah, Hello Estate again. There you go. There's something else. I take my money and I would pay for that. <laughs> Put that together. We maybe with you don't even need music really with it, like just the spoken word stuff. Just yeah, that's if that's right. out there, that's what I would be interested in in paying for legitimate, cool, awesome stuff like that. There's so many. There's limitless amount of projects that the estate could do around that sort of stuff. Uh, I know that some people have their views around you know unreleased uh, recordings not coming out and all of that kind of thing, and that's that's fair enough. But there are a lot of possibilities for the estate to partner with these different organisations. For example, the Earth Day Network or any any group that that represents something that Michael believed in. They they could potentially partner up and put out great new products all for a really good cause. I remember that going back to what we talked about at the start, Captain EO estate work with Disney, which is another huge company and probably has its own rights and contracts for, for the use of the film, but partner with them and release Captain EO on Blu-ray. And there's a great making of documentary that could go with that as well. Imagine the potential having interviews with people like George Lucas, Francis Ford uh, Coppola, the people that worked on that. Terry Harden, the Imagineer, Terry Harden, that was the uh, Idi and Odie puppet. So, yeah, that would be another thing. Estate, hello. There we go. Take our money. (laughs) Take our money. Some great potential products uh, in the pipeline in the future. Hopefully one day we see them come out. Yeah, so it's been a huge, huge month. Welcome to all of our new listeners. We've got a bunch of new people that have subscribed to the show uh, from all over the world. Uh, it's great having such an international audience. So, yes, welcome, and welcome, we hope you enjoy new the listeners. MJ we come in peace. <laughs> Do we have a show title there? I don't know. I'm not that funny. You always laugh at my jokes. I don't think I'm that funny. But... I think you're funny. Think you're oh, funny. Thanks, man. You're too kind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how the hell did Escape get nominated for top R&B album in the Billboard Music Awards, man? How did that happen? I, I don't know. Is that but because of it's... sales or downloads or something? Ah, oh, it's, it's, well, I don't know if it's from sales because the album, I believe, in the US is still only gold. It's not even platinum, I don't think yet. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the Billboard Awards this year is going to be huge. You've got Taylor Swift, Sam Smith, Iggy Azalea being nominated for pretty much everything. But in the, uh, yeah, in the best album, oh, is it best album? No, it's top R&B album of 2015. You've got Michael Jackson having been, nominated for that it's it's he i think he's up against who's he up against uh beyonce i think beyonce's self-titled album chris brown's x john legend's love in the future and pharrell williams girl so he's uh competing against those other albums for that top prize of best r&b album of 2015 i don't know it's it's i think he's been nominated because it legitimately is a good album it's great i mean i'm not going to say the remixes are some of my favorite stuff ever put out. In fact, I don't really like that stuff at all. But yeah, they're pretty in terms shit of, mixes, most of them. They're yeah, pretty shit. Let, let's be honest. But in terms of the songs themselves and the music and the vocals, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the songs, you know, those songs that Michael left. So uh, hopefully he walks away with a win. I definitely think that <laughs> He's got Michael... some big competition in that category alone. Like, 
Beyonce. Yeah, but like, and... I mean, I've listened to all of those albums. Like, I've listened to all of them. Okay. And I definitely think, like, if I'm thinking of, say, for example, the second half of the Escape Deluxe Edition with all those original tracks, and I compare them against Beyonce, Chris Brown, John Legend, and Pharrell Williams, like, with the exception maybe, maybe of Beyonce's album, I think he's got a pretty good chance in terms okay. of the artistic integrity of those songs. I, I think it's it's head and shoulders above some of those other albums that are nominated, for example. There's some nearly every track that is on the the Escape album is is very, very strong. So we'll we'll see what happens. Who knows? But if Beyonce if Beyonce loses to Michael, like who is Kanye West gonna get up and abuse? The hologram. Oh well <laughs> please, Kanye, get up there and please abuse that yes symbolic awful are, thing. are we gonna see i mean it's it's been a year now since the last billboard awards which we saw the hologram perform <sighs> or the holosham perform slave uh, to the rhythm are we gonna see the holosham get up and accept the uh the award that would be disgusting <laughs> that would be awful and horrendous and an abomination it would be, it would be, but uh, it's going to be like an interesting show nonetheless. It's going to be at uh, the MGM Grand Garden Arena on Sunday, May 17th from 8 till 11pm. I believe it's being broadcast live. So the hosts are Ludacris and Pete Wentz, is that correct, I believe? I wasn't sure about the host, okay. but that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to watch. I sat next to Pete Wentz on a uh, flight to America once. Really? I did. He was not directly next to me. My um, The hubs was next to me. The husband was next to me. But he was just next to me, opposite aisle, like just across the aisle from me. Yeah. It was in, it was in, um, I was in, I was very lucky. I was in first class. I'm trying to remember if that was our honeymoon trip, actually. We were in yeah, first yeah. class. Um, and yeah, no, he was a very, he's a very, He's a cute little guy. He's he's a good-looking bloke. He is. He's a good-looking bloke. And he was very nice. He was very polite to the crew, which is always a huge indicator of what kind of person they are. He was very quiet. He dropped his menu, so I lent him my menu. Uh, and he also, I think at, during the flight, at the end of the flight, I, I saw that he dropped a guitar pick um, wow. down beside his, his bed seat, his seat. And I said, oh, you've dropped a guitar pick. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. That's my lucky pick. <laughs> I was like, no worries. No, he was a nice guy. That's just a, sorry, not name dropping. It was just a funny no, story. No, that's cool. <laughs> that is, that's really cool. I mean, to have those interactions with people is great. And then be, to be able to watch him on TV hosting in a big award show like this will be even cooler. So I think Taylor Swift is going to clean up, though. She's got I agree. 14 nominations across 13 categories and... Yeah, she's yeah. she's doing some pretty cool stuff, so I think oh, she's going to clean up. Well, it is going to be interesting to watch because, you know, like, she has a great album. It's done really well. I hope it does well at this award show. And luckily, she's, you know, Michael's not competing against her in this category because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not really an R&B album. So Do they not have a pop category? I'm looking through. We'll put in the show notes um, this all of the categories and all the nominees. But do they not do like a pop album category? I thought that was really strange. I don't know. I didn't look at all the different categories. Yeah. I was main, mainly focused on that one. But... Good luck to other people in other categories. I'm, I've got picks for... Um... Pentatonics have got a couple of uh, uh, nominations in a few categories for a top Billboard 200 artist and top Billboard 200 album. So Pentatonics, do you know who Pentatonics are? No, they're, never they're heard of them. They're an acapella group. There's um oh. five, they're five young folks, and so they it's a complete acapella 
group and they are incredible and i know they're huge in um america and i think they're in the midst of another european tour at the moment so i've got i'm yeah. gonna keep my fingers crossed for pentatonics and for the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack Mixtape oh yeah one. that's great that's that great. has to win in the soundtrack category because that was awesome so yeah totally and there's a isn't michael on that as well there's like a jackson five song seriously like oh my god guardians of the galaxy was probably one of my top three films last year and for me it felt like a mix of the film it felt like a mix of captain eo star wars and the avengers and totally. it was awesome and it had yeah it had that star wars feel the humor and yeah michael jackson features in it a little bit like there's some michael jackson music which uh happened at some pretty cool moments and there's a bit of a dance off where star lord you know kicks out some michael moves and stuff and yeah there was some really awesome little michael moments sort of hidden throughout guardians of the galaxy so yeah and i imagine that because there was some songs that they would be featured on the awesome mix volume one soundtrack so yeah that would be awesome if that one very much so so yeah good luck to all the billboard award uh nominees and hopefully michael walks away f- with a win in the r&b album uh sorry top r&b album of 2015 with escape so the whiz is set to hit broadway as nbc's next live musical coming in 2016 yeah returning to broadway it was actually already on broadway back in uh the 70s 1975 yeah there you go it's, it was obviously based on um, L.L. Baum's book, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then it went to Broadway in 75. And then 79 was the Diana Ross, Michael Jackson film, I believe. I think it's, yeah, in that, that time period, definitely the late 70s. I don't know the exact year. So, yeah, returning to Broadway. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, live thing. So have you seen any of the other NBC live no, I, I, I've seen The Wiz, but I've never seen anything from NBC with their live musicals. Being in Australia, I don't I don't I haven't had really access to them, so Yeah, they did uh, Sound of Music the other year and then last year I believe it was Peter Pan they did. Yeah. Um it's interesting on Twitter seeing all my friends sort of in America and then when they get it over in like the UK or something talking about it. Like it's pretty big thing especially in america and they, a lot of people talk about it and make fun of it it's live things don't always go 100 percent, and it's live musical theater and that's sometimes over the top and stuff like that so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they do with the whiz yeah it really will be and and from what i understand is that they're going to uh present a, a live version of it on television in december i think it's december 3rd uh but then from what I understand, they're actually going to work with Cirque du Soleil to make a Broadway version of that that's going to be happening in 2016 and 17. Is that correct? Yeah, 2016 onto Broadway with Cirque du Soleil, yeah. which I have to say, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, oh. probably the only reason we're really talking about this is because Michael stole the show in the film as the Scarecrow. Like, he's not going to feature in this or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of fans know The Wiz. That's a great soundtrack, by the way. Like, there was a double album version, double CD version of the soundtrack out. When was that? Probably about eight years ago, a special edition came out that I got. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. God, that film's long, though. They could really edit an hour out of that thing. I know. I agree. I I hope they do for the Broadway thing and and the lives. Like, don't make it as long as the movie was. Holy hell. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if Craig Zidane and Neil Moron, if you're listening, please 
edit that thing down a little bit because it's a long film. Those two guys are Tony uh, winning directors. Um, and Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Kenny Leon was the Tony winning director that, that's working with Craig and Neil to, to bring this out. And uh, I just I just hope it's a little bit tighter than the film, a little bit less, uh, you know, a little bit shorter, but keeping all of that amazing music that's, that's made the film so famous as well. So there's a great quote. I was actually reading a... Um, like an article on this and there's a quote i believe by nbc entertainment chairman bob greenblatt and he said we love this yearly tradition we're more excited than ever to not only bring another broadway musical to america's living room but also see it uh, land on broadway as well it's a natural step for our live musical events and we're so pleased to be in business with this award-winning creative team and Scott Zeiger, President and Managing Director of Cirque du Soleil's new theatrical division. Cirque's incredible imagination will help bring the fantasy world of Oz vividly to life and give this show, uh, sorry, great show, a modern spin on the age-old story we all love. They'll do a great job. They really will. Like, I don't know what Cirque has ever done that has not been amazing. So, no, I think, and yeah, they would totally be able to bring Oz to life. And the, the colour, the film was such a colourful film, Really, mm. God, look, they did a whole 400-hour scene of singing about every colour. Remember when That's they were right. dancing around the fountain? Green, green. <laughs> God, that went forever. You can edit that down a little bit. But, um, yeah, like they would really bring the colour of Oz to life and the characters. So that would be pretty spectacular. I'm hoping they're just really – the one thing I'm hoping from it is that they're faithful to the, the music and they're faithful to the choreography that was done in the dance numbers. Like if they can keep those things the same and then I don't mind if it's like, you know, a new creative take on the story and everything else around that. But I'd, I'd really – particularly Michael stuff, being a big Michael Jackson fan obviously, like I would really like to see them be faithful to the to the songs that he was involved in and, and also faithful to that choreography that he worked on. Yeah, it'll be hard to be his versions of like he's on down the road and things like that you can't win you can't win uh it'll be really hard for them to sort of top those but it'll be cool to hear different versions if they you know sort of have to edit the or change it, the arrangement a little bit that'll be cool to hear what they do with it yeah it'd be interesting to see where it goes we'll keep tabs on it and then obviously in our future episodes we'll be able to discuss it and and, and see how it worked out they'll be big shoes for whoever's going to be playing the scarecrow to fill oh totally totally uh it'd be interesting i mean hopefully all the singing would have to be live being a broadway production so i mean yes. they're going to be they're going to have to be like a triple threat acting singing dancing all in the same performance people underestimate like broadway and and not just broadway sorry live theater people underestimate like the talent like you go see a play that was cool but like you know, that's that's something that they do more than once a day that yep. they do live and they, yeah, triple threat, you know, singing generally, singing, dancing. You know, that's like, that's huge. It's a big deal. So, yeah, going to be some great talent involved there and we can't wait to see what happens. Speaking of huge talent, before we were setting up the show, you were listening to the Unity album, the Latin Tribute. <sighs> Is that correct? You were you were jamming to the. I was listening oh, to the MJ One soundtrack, and you were jamming out to the Unity album. Oh god, the Unity album by uh, uh, Tony. I, I don't know how to say his last name. I should have learnt before the show, but I think it's Tony Sukar, uh, the twenty-eight-year-old Latin music composer, and his team of people that came around to record it is is phenomenal. It's a Latin tribute to Michael Jackson called Unity. It got released on April fourteenth, and holy. Moses. 
It's that good. I haven't it's... got it. I've listened to some of the bits on YouTube um, and when I have more money after I've just come back from work from holidays and when I get some more money, um, like, so it's on iTunes. You, you said it's, it's on iTunes. iTunes. It's everywhere. It's like Amazon iTunes. It was a massive release. It was released brilliantly. Like they partnered with the estate actually to, to, um, you know, have it approved and everything and get it out. And the promotion was phenomenal. It was released simultaneously around the world on all the major platforms. Uh, it's doing really well and like both commercially, but also critically, like it is, the critics are loving it. Um, the fans are loving it. It's a brilliant take. It's like, basically, it's like Michael Jackson's greatest hits, a lot of them, but done with like, uh, I guess you could call it like a salsa, sort of a Latin kind of twinge to them all, but really, really, really good. Like, I'll just actually load up. I'll just get it up on iTunes now and have a look at some of the songs. You've got I Want You Back, Billie Jean, Man in the Mirror, Earth Song, Human Nature, Black or White, Smooth Criminal, They Don't Care About Us, Thriller, You Are Not Alone. Just just really, really, really good good stuff. And then obviously you've got a couple of, you've got some Spanish versions as well of a couple of songs. Uh, I Just Can't Stop Loving You. And oh, I, it's, it's, and it's not just, the, the songs aren't really just simple renditions or cover versions either. They're really complex. The, uh, the music, all the different instrumentation, they've got horns, they've got, it's just amazing. Like you've got to grab it. If, if anybody's out there listening and, and, uh, are fans of cover versions of Michael Jackson's songs, grab it. It's a great party album. You could actually put it on at a party and just let it play through for like an hour. And it's just a great vibe. It's so positive. That's cool. And you were saying that like, it, you can feel the, the the passion and the connection to the Michael's music in this. Definitely, you can feel yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, you know, it's it's like the Mosaic Youth Center stuff that we were talking about on a couple of episodes ago. It's when you're listening to Smooth Criminal, or actually, probably better example is some of the songs about social issues. So if you're listening to They Don't Care About Us or Black or White, Earth songs or, on there as well. Earth song, Man in the Mirror. You can, you just, you just feel the passion in the performers. Uh, I think John Cicada, Tito Nieves, Obi Bermudez, and La India. They're some of the performers, the musicians that uh, Tony Sukar brought together to be on this this album. And just the passion within their playing is just so evident. They've done Michael Jackson justice, and it, it totally helped that they brought in as well Bruce Swedean, legendary, uh, you know, recording engineer who worked with Michael on a lot of his. Uh, great albums he he came in and also uh lended his talents to the recording process on some of these songs and it just totally shows that's cool like wow tony's like how old 28 28 yeah he's a young guy he it all started when he put together like a some kind of a tribute thriller. show i think it I think was yeah, thriller. asked him to do like a, a latin version or element to to for a halloween party and I think he Thriller was the first song he did, and it got such a big reaction. He was like, "Okay, this could be something." So yeah, yeah I saw a bit of an interview where he mentioned something about that. And then look what it has like he's worked really hard for the twenty eight. God, he's worked so hard for this, and it's such a success, and definitely something we should get behind. So that no, it's I'm so glad that it is being like so well received. And I, and I will be getting it, definitely. So I can't wait to listen to it, especially after what you were telling me this morning. 
Oh, it's 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 brilliant, and you know he's he's been on such a long journey to make this happen. I think he did a Kickstarter campaign, raised over ten thousand dollars to get it up and running, and then brought in all these amazing people as well to to be involved. Brilliant stuff. There's a great quote as well that I've got uh, from I think it was an article that was put out by NBC again, and they said the main thing that connected. Oh, sorry, this is actually Tony speaking, and he says the main thing that connected with me is his musicality. And obviously he's talking about Michael Jackson. He kept pop music at a high level. Being a musician, you love that. And all of us musicians understand that. And secondly, I really admired that he wrote music with a very positive social message that spoke about love and change, something that we need to respect Michael Jackson for and why I named the album Unity. That's really funny. I'm actually in my show notes that I've got here that I was transcribing last night. I've actually got, I've loved Tony's quotes about his connection to the music. And that was yeah. the exact quote. I was like, that's so cool. Um, and yeah, about the, the social, positive social message and about love and change and stuff that, you know, because some people, well, hello, estate often ignore that. Um, and some people just love the, the, say, the pop music and they love the tunes and they sing along and stuff. But, yeah, there is that whole other social message side which which attracted a lot of us to our love of Michael. Um, so for them to see that and then connect with that so early on I think has definitely helped the project. So that's, yeah, I love that yeah. quote as well. That was a great quote. It's really good. Like I, I just, uh, I don't know, like obviously being a Michael Jackson fan, the number one thing that excites me is, you know, watching him perform and seeing his, you know, performances and listening to his music. But the second best thing to me is watching other really talented artists interpret his work in, in their in their style. So uh, if you want to feel those, you know, those goosebumps when you listen to Michael's music in, in a new way, check out this album because it's so entertaining. So really, we'll really put good. links in the show notes to the album and, and maybe there's some YouTube stuff we can put up as well, Jamin. Well, yeah, we'll put some YouTube stuff up maybe on our social networks, but I wouldn't actually mind playing a song now. Um, I wouldn't. I've got a, a couple of ones I can actually play here. Tony's given us permission to 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 show one of them on the MJ cast. I'm just trying to to think about which one would, would go down really well because there's so many. I was How thinking. How will you decide? <laughs> I don't know. There's just so many, but I, I think the one that I mean, I've listened to the whole album this morning, and the one that that I feel is just really really uh just gave me goosebumps is definitely smooth criminal so i might just go ahead now and play that for our listeners uh hope you guys enjoy it
so amazing like i i just can't you know i'm speechless you know having heard that song so many times now it's, it's really good if you want to hear more music like that like the smooth criminal rendition then then just you know go onto itunes go to amazon google play wherever you go grab a copy of unity uh and just just really get into it cool thanks for sharing that not a problem with the social message stuff like that's come up big in the news this week because of the um the protests and riots in Baltimore as well which Michael's music is connected to people because of the social social message side of it did you see those videos yeah like- i've seen them i've i've watched like they've really taken the world by storm haven't they and they're on instagram they're on youtube they're facebook they're everywhere 
it's uh it's a, a really big deal uh and i just again oh, i just my heart goes out to the people in these places that are that are having to you know deal with with the riots that are happening the people that are getting hurt and and oh, it's just it's it's a very complex situation is it on the one hand there's a lot of tension happening around the US that that these people are protesting and rioting about um but on the other hand you know people are being injured and it's a really serious situation so i mean these people standing up and and like for example the tribute artist that uh has has kind of stood up and 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 given his tribute to michael amongst all of these riots it's yeah just it, leaves me really thinking. It's a yeah, it is a pretty complex issue and stuff. And as two white blokes in Australia, we can't <laughs> really, you know, have the uh, the heavy uh, detail conversation from experience with this sort of stuff. But like, sometimes I just watch the news coming out of America, and I'm like, like seriously, what the what the f is going on over there? With, know. you know, like seriously, after Ferguson, I can't even go through the list. It's so long and it's disgusting. It shouldn't be happening. Like these black kids should not be getting like murdered by police over there, which has like I, I saw last night before I went to bed that the um, the the police in Baltimore actually are getting charged for murder of uh, yeah. Freddie Gray, who was the 25-year-old guy that died after suffering a spinal injury following an illegal arrest. There was actually no cause for him to be arrested. And yeah, yeah. he died because of injuries received um, in the back of the, the transport. And and that's where it stemmed for the, the Baltimore riots. But mm, mm. we've seen Michael's music come up from um, Ferguson. We've seen it in New York. We even saw it in Sydney after the cafe siege in Sydney. There was a guy that went down and played uh, Heal the World at like um, the sort of just outside the, the where all the flowers were laid out for those that lost yeah. their lives in that cafe siege in Sydney. So it's very interesting seeing Michael's music coming out in these scenarios because we as fans always knew that there was that side of Michael's music, that he did not shy away from big issues and things that needed addressing and, like, attention shone onto them. He never hid from anything like that, and that's what made him such a huge target. So for his music to be coming up, especially, like, They Don't Care About Us, like, that song is a dangerous and powerful song because of the truth in it. And that's even right. back when that was released... People were scared of it then, back in the 90s for the History album, that before the album came out, as we saw in the Sony Hack email scandal, which I don't really think was a big scandal, why not show the truth how it was, someone who was also connected to someone in Sony wanted to bury that song and came up with a ridiculous controversy about lyrics in the song. That's right. You know... Friend of the show, Jerome Horn, actually just uh, gave us a comment on Facebook a little earlier today and, and, and said, you know, he was talking about the racial tension in America and how Michael Jackson combated that with songs like They Don't Care About Us and, and how powerful the prison version really is. We can't, we can't wait to have Jerome on the show, actually, in our next episode in a, in a couple of weeks' time. But, like, he raises a really good point. Michael was a soldier of love and equality and bringing people together. And it's great that his music can be continued today to, to be used. And I think what's amazing is like you, you, you 
frequently see Michael's music like Man in the Mirror and They Don't Care About Us being spread on social media as a way to promote equality but this was different this is this is a situation where there's a there's a riot actually happening um you know cars are being blown up and and all kinds of crazy things happening around the place and dimitri reeves you know the impersonator the michael jackson tribute artist i should say you know decided to 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 become involved in this and and kind of he actually says there's a great article actually if anybody wants to read it on the website mj vibe uh, there's an article that we'll put in the show notes called Moonwalk for Peace. Meet the man who wants to save Baltimore with power of Michael Jackson. And it's actually an interview with Dimitri Reeves. And he, he talks about it and he says um, a couple of interesting things. But first, he, he talks all about, you know, what was actually going on at the time, like, you know, cars being blown up and, and people being beaten up and all kinds of things like that. Um, and And I'll just read a quote here. He says, what better time to do this? We were right down the street from the CVS and it was just destroyed. And when it was going on, I wanted to show, show some positivity to the area, like what James Brown did in Boston after the death of Martin Luther King. I wanted to do that because like all these, all this uh, flipping cars and lighting things on fire, it's like you get mad at me and, and then you're going home and breaking something in your house because you're getting mad at me. It just makes me so sick. Uh, we didn't put a tip out. We just performed. People were trying to hand us money and stuff. And I said, no, we're just doing this out of the kindness of our hearts because there's a lot of stuff going on. And they performed. It wasn't just beat it. Like the thing that's gone viral is like the 20 second clip of, of beat it or, or whatever, the, the dance sequence and that. But they actually, he actually did Will You Be There, You Are Not Alone, Man in the Mirror as well. He actually uh, did, I think, about 12 hours of dancing that day, basically. He, he usually does like a day of about eight hours because he does this. A lot. I think I read mm. an interview with him where he does this to try and earn money for his own uh, career and also to help pay for his parents some medical bills for his parents. I think they've yeah. um, what's when they they have kidney dialysis. I think it was for dialysis or something like that for his parents. Um, yeah. And they said, "Oh, that was you know quite a long." He's like, "You will actually yeah do it longer usually, or do it for this long." So this was a long day. Um, so there was like a whole – he did it for ages and it was great that people did capture and share those little bits that have gone viral. Yeah, it's incredible. Like just, you know, him trying to, to pacify the situation through bringing some entertainment and, and love to the to the situation through Michael is just – yeah, and putting himself in danger as well to do that is just really drives home how powerful the message and the legacy of Michael is. Did you read that article I shared with you late last night? Uh, it was called um, The Messenger King by D.B. Anderson. I didn't actually get a chance to read that. So okay, so we're going to put that in the show notes. I don't even think I've, I've got the link on me at the moment, but um, it's an incredible article. And it basically, I think the Messenger King article was not her first or his, sorry, my D.B. Anderson's first article. Um, they have spoken about the controversy of the They Don't Care About Us song which happened in the 90s and how ridiculous it was. But we will put show notes links to this article and we need to get it out there because it's another great article about what we're talking about, about the power of Michael's message and how now he would be, I think he would be so proud that his message is being finally taken notice of and it's being used for good because what this uh, tribute artist was doing in Baltimore was very effective because where he was could have flared up into this whole other violent confrontation with the police. 
so which shouldn't have happened in the first place, but because it was happening, he got out there and did his thing and it didn't escalate in that part. So it was effective. And the message of Michael's music is a huge part of that. So we will share the Messenger King article and we hope yeah. that you can share it, listeners, as well. When we put it up, read it and share it because people are taking notice. And journalists now, I think um, it was addressed in an article that they're taking notice of Michael's message and also the the bullshit that happened before. It's amazing. Amazing stuff. It just left me speechless when I saw it. Really, really good. Hopefully we can we can we might be able to talk a little bit more about it actually when Jerome comes on the show because you know Jerome raised it, you know, today with, with us on Facebook about the situation and he's obviously right there in the US and probably would be engaging a little bit more with the news and stuff happening there. So Yeah, that would be interesting to hear his perspective on it. So yeah, we'll we'll put a pin in that and we'll um bring that up and ask him about it. Because like with the the hands up don't shoot and as a hashtag and as a, as a cry from the protesters um, and even they don't care about us as a hashtag related to this sort of movement and, and things happening in these situations. Like we, we don't really know much about that in Australia, but like these things are happening. And, and I, I personally think it's justified. I don't think what's happening in police force in America, there is like the majority of police in America do an incredible job first responders over there, they do an amazing job. They put themselves in danger and protect people time. But there is obviously now, just below the surface, a very small minority that are not doing the right thing. And it's causing these problems. And these are very real problems. And like, it's not the riots at the issue. Mm. It's the death of these innocent black men, um, these children when it shouldn't have happened in the first place. And that is the issue. Like, yeah, people can go, well, why are these people rioting and injuring people? It's like, well, why are these kids getting murdered by the bad police? That's exactly right. And and, and the thing is, like, let's let's be honest, riots are not a good thing in themselves. They they do cause death and harm. But the thing is like the media are so good at focusing on the riot. And it's like, but the thing is the riot is a response. It's a reaction to a root problem. They, yeah, this is obviously a massive issue that needs to be addressed because it's disgusting and it's not, it's not, it's not good. And yeah, like with their stupid gun laws in America and everything, like this is just something else that needs to be addressed. That's right. And, you know, that's, that's something that Kerry Anderson, you know, we, we spoke with Kerry a couple of weeks ago. We had him on the show, a special episode around his time working with Michael Jackson. He was the head of security uh, for Michael. And he, he's got a, a long history in law enforcement. I believe he worked for the LAPD. Uh, and he, he, if you go to his Facebook page, and we'll put that in the show notes again, that's the number one thing that he, he is passionate about. He is always talking about um, injustice in the United States, uh, especially by... Uh, you know, law enforcement against, uh, you know, ethnic groups in the, in the United States, in, including African-Americans. And it's just, uh, you know, and that's coming from somebody who is in law enforcement, you know, critiquing people that, you know, that, that are involved in what he worked in. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, just check that out. Go to Kerry Anderson's page and have a look at what he's got to say as well. Cool. Let's move on. We're going to talk about a really interesting partnership that's just come out and this is something that's hit the news just within the last week. It's the estate of Michael Jackson partnering with a group called ABG to expand the Michael Jackson brand worldwide. That's the uh, authentic brands group, ABG. 
Yeah, they're, uh, they're the owners of a global portfolio of iconic fashion, sports, celebrity, media, and entertainment brands. Um, just quoting this from a press release. Uh, and the estate of Michael Jackson today announced a strategic partnership to further grow the Michael Jackson uh, trademark brand in the areas of endorsements and consumer products. ABG will provide global representation for Michael Jackson, pursuing new licensing and retail partnerships, working with the estate to broaden the brand's reach across key markets around the world. So what are we thinking about this? Well, should you be saying Michael Jackson TM every time we see his name now? Because in that article that we're going to put in the show notes, after his name now, there's that little TM for trademark. Which it's is everywhere, isn't ridiculous. It? Like, are you serious? Like, I understand that you can use his likeness and stuff, which, God, they must have had a good deal with the estate then if they're going to be using his likeness for merchandise because, mm. see, we saw how they valued his likeness and image when they did their tax return. A um, couple <laughs> of thousand dollars. I shouldn't be laughing. It's, it's not, actually terrible. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And hopefully they get shafted for their stupid idiot mistakes um but like yeah after everything in the article where it says michael jackson it's got that little tm trademark and under yeah. the other celebrities it's got you know marilyn monroe r for registered elvis presley r for registered like they've got these little trademark and registered marks after their names now but like they also work with yeah big names prince is actually one of their clients as well managed brand i don't yeah, know it'll a, be interesting there's a lot isn't there it's that they're, they're clearly doing a good job well, they're doing something right, I guess. They're just Well, hopefully they're the right people for the job because the estate aren't doing a great job with his likeness and merchandise and stuff out there. But is this going to mean more copyright lawsuits on the horizon for oh, you know fans yeah. that make T-shirts with an uh, image of Michael on it and stuff? Is that what this I, I is I think it's do? inevitable. Like, I mean, we had Silmore Tiller on the show as well for a special a while ago, and he, he was talking about, you know, in, in Asia, people making, um, I think it was a bit of a joke, but he said, uh, you know, there's there's people in Asia making tea towels with uh, <laughs> pictures of Michael Jackson on them, and they're getting sued by the estate. And, like, I mean, that's the sort of thing I, I think we're going to see an increase of. I think it's the estate trying to control and uh, regulate you know, Michael's image being used in merchandise around the world. They've partnered with a, a group that are obviously really good at it. Like you said, they they have uh, a roster that includes people like Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe. And, and this is the kind of thing like you walk into, um, you know, like gift shops and things like that, and you'll see like mugs and T-shirts and uh, all kinds of official merchandise, clocks, coasters. Uh, and, and, and you know what, like... I actually think that it's really effective because the the artist that's that, that that's done for a lot. So say for example, like Elvis Presley, Bruce Lee, Marilyn Monroe, you know, Kiss. Their, their brands are so universal, and I think it has been helped by the amount of merchandise that's actually out there um, to do with them. And I think it'd be overall a good thing for Michael's legacy long term in terms of. Uh, the youth of, say, two, three generations away being able to, to find out who this person is. Because obviously you're not going to be hearing Michael Jackson's music on the top 40 in like 20 years' time unless they're still releasing remixes of uh, unreleased material. Uh, but obviously, yeah, kids are not going to be engaging with Michael in their mm, desired mediums in that time period especially, you know, music videos and things like that because new material is not going to be coming out. So naturally, a really good way to expose 
future generations to Michael Jackson is through this kind of branding and through this kind of merchandise. So I think it's going to work uh, financially long-term for bringing new customers along to, to engage with Michael products. Uh, but, you know, it in at the same time, there's a group of people who might think that putting Michael Jackson on T-shirts and coasters and all kinds of things might cheapen his brand as well. I think the jury's still a little bit out for me on that. I think you've made some good points. I think, yeah, they've just got to do it in taste. They have to do good products and they have to do it in taste. You don't want his image and likeness on on awful things that are just like in bad taste. And and also, oh, it's hard not when this happens for them just to turn into a a brand character. Like there is more to Michael than yes. his image and his pop music. Like like we talked about already in the show, he had a message which was behind a lot of his stuff. So there is no reason why they could not incorporate his conservation message, his unity message, his, his peace and love message into products with quotes um, and images and stuff like that. There is no reason that that could not happen and that's what they should be doing as well. Like, yes, do cool stuff and cool merchandise, which we would want to buy, but also incorporate his message and who he really was behind this so that who he really was is not forgotten. Yeah, totally agree it's you know there's two different schools of thought on it really i mean if you look at some brands out there like let's take apple for example i'm a, I'm a huge fan of um you know apple as a company and the products they put out like the iphone ipad blah 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 uh they are incredibly selective about what they actually put out and advertise there are no you know you can't go and buy official apple t-shirts you can't you can't buy all these things around it it's just the product and that's it and they use that that sort of um I don't know, I guess you could call it that limited amount of uh, promotion. They they use that to focus on the actual products that are coming out. And then you can compare that and contrast it against like other brands, like, for example, Disney and Star Wars, where there's just this limitless amount of material, like books, um, you know, third-party sort of T-shirts and key rings and toys and all kind of things. And that works in a different way, and it's through, like, saturation of the market. So it could work. I think it could work if they start saturating the market with all of these different products, but it must be done in taste, in my opinion. Like, I think there's there's probably not a lot of fans that would say we wouldn't want some more cool Michael Jackson merchandise. Like, it would be cool. Yeah. And hello – History 20, what, there's an opportunity right there. History merchandise of the statue. Yeah, imagine getting like imagine getting like maybe like a, a miniature version of the statue that you put on your desk. Yes, How cool would that yes, be? Yes, yes. I would want that as a miniature on my desk. I would want a, a version to put in my garden, like a garden gnome version. <laughs> like, you know, 50... Sadly Jackson 2. Yeah, except a bit smaller. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, how, like, seriously, they could do stuff like that, like a bust, a bust of the yeah. history statue um, by that incredible artist, Diana. Um, so is that who the artist was, Diana? Yeah. Yep. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. I think it's Diana Woljack or something like that. She's actually going to King Vention a little bit later than, in the year, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. So. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the opportunity for History 20 merchandise, because that was a big album for a lot of us. Um, and a great campaign in its own right. So there's yeah, an opportunity. Yeah. Um, but do you remember, I think it was about 2000, 
Do you remember the time? About, well, that, hang on, that's another thing I'll put a pin in and get to in a minute. Back when Ed Hardy was friends with Michael Jackson and they actually mm-hmm. had a whole clothing line that was designed, T-shirts, hats, umbrellas, everything. They had designed, ready to go, ready to launch, and then i trying to remember the reason why in the end it didn't actually go forward. But that was a whole line of merchandise that would have been uh, in a niche in the market of clothing when Ed Hardy was a huge brand back then. Definitely. Every, yeah. You would see it everywhere. I'm not going to say it was overly classy all the time, but it had the cool sequins and cool little elements that would have really suited some Michael Jackson stuff. But then well, they the were end, they were working together on a clothing line. Yeah, they were, were going to bring one out, so, and then I mean, it never happened. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. whatever happened to all of that stuff? Like, you know, we would want some cool jackets and hats and things like that with Michael elements to them. Like, we would—that's what we would buy stuff like that. But where is the money going to go from all this stuff? Oh, that's what the controversy is all around. Is all around, isn't it? Does the money go to the estate? Does it go to John Branker's pockets? <laughs> yes. Does it go to his children eventually? Yeah. What? what there there needs will. to be more clarity. There needs to be more transparency around where the fans' money is going. Where is the estate coming out saying, "Look, we're giving a certain percentage of things to such and such charities"? Where's our money going? Yeah, exactly. Where is the money going? And and. That's a big thing that they should really address. Like that's if we sort of knew that oh, that's opening up a whole other can of worms and who that's is right. going to help design it? Could not any of the MJ3, the kids, have a, mm. a say in any of these products and design things? Like they're obviously very creative kids. They could easily have a, have a say in some products and design elements. I know, I know. It's it's a big deal. Like it is, it is. I mean, we are literally looking at a new era here in the Michael Jackson, you know, um, fan world. This is a big organization coming in, partnering with the estate. We're going to see a lot more products coming out. They're not, and in my opinion, they're not going to be big products like these. This this ABG group, they're not going to be in charge of putting new albums out or anything like that. It's going to be all about new merchandise, physical things, probably like t-shirts and and key rings and all and all kinds of things like that. Calendars coming out. I do need some new T-shirts. That would be cool. I do need some new T-shirts. There's some great ones on. Uh, do you ever go to Redbubble.com? Uh, some I've had links sent to me with some stuff. I think there was some uh, Cafe Fantasia sent us a link to some Keep Michaeling T-shirts. Oh yeah, we, we'll put that in the show notes. There's a great one. You see, there's like a, a T-shirt. Uh, on Redbubble with like, it's got the sparkling glove doing the peace sign on the front of the t-shirt. And then it says, keep Michaeling. There's some great, great t-shirts out there you can already get. But if this group comes in, they might stop some of that fan created, um, you know, merchandise that you can buy on some of these. Which I don't necessarily think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like we should have, like I had made t-shirts myself when the trial was happening back in, uh, Oh, and before that, actually, when it all started, I had made T-shirts that said Jackson Innocent on it, um, like a big sort of stamp. Um, you know, would that have got me in trouble? Like, is it going to get to that ridiculous things where I can't even go and make my own T-shirt to show my support because they aren't putting stuff out for me to wear to show my support in awful situations like that? So you fans would go and make their own thing. Um, you mentioned Remember the Time when we were – doing thinking back a minute ago 
even in that book, I just finished reading that book, Remember the Time, by Bill Whitfield and um, Javon Beard uh, with Tanner Colby. And even in that, I think it might have been – it was either Bill or Javon. I can't remember which one of the gentlemen said, and I saw it firsthand in Las Vegas. They've got slot machines, Michael Jackson slot machines in casinos. Yeah, and it's disgusting right. because – Michael would not have, and, and the whoever was writing about it in the book, remember the time, either Bill or Javon, um, whoever was talking about it said if Michael had known something like that, he would have been furious. And yeah. I saw that, and even um, the, hus- the husband of mine, um, he saw that, and he was like, that's not cool. Like, that's pretty in bad taste. So hmm. that's, there's already stuff out. But then they had slot machines in Vegas for every single thing you could ever imagine. Every film, there was Wizard of Oz ones. There was, um, there's, there's Ellen from Ellen DeGeneres show. There's Ellen slot machines, Dolly Parton ones. There's, there's every single thing. So somewhere along the line, those licenses have gone out for these products to be made. But yeah, there's like Michael Jackson slot machines. I wouldn't say that's in good taste. Oh, I'd agree. You know, like here's here's somebody that that worked so hard to bring awareness to to issues, social issues, and you know, uh, would he have encouraged gambling using his intellectual property? I don't think so. I don't think so. He was no. In that book, they talk about when he would sometimes go, "Let's go for a drive," and he would stop where there was a lot of homeless people, and he would hand cash out the window he would drop the window yeah. of the car down a bit and hand cash out because he was so moved by the problem of poverty in places like, like las vegas which gambling can lead to so that's right and and i should jump in and say i shouldn't i shouldn't say gambling in itself is is wrong like i mean i play poker with mates and we put a bit of money in it's more the addiction side you know if you're addicted to gambling that's that's the issue here and, and i believe that poker machines absolutely um encourage addiction to gambling that, that's what they're based around we don't have them in um western australia except for in the casinos yeah like over i go travel for work and i see in different uh clubs or pubs or whatever as i walk past and they've got poker machines in oh. these places we don't have that in western australia at all it's probably a good thing. We have them in pubs everywhere. You just see people sitting all day on them, just using all their money, sitting all day. You know, that's their entertainment. Same as in like uh, sporting club places, like a lot of the football clubs yeah. have their, their places where they have these poker machines and they they apparently raise a lot of money for the oh, football it's, clubs. Oh, it's great revenue for the clubs. Like, absolutely. So but West Coast where's the Eagles revenue coming and, from? Yeah, West Coast Eagles and Fremantle Dockers, they do not have that revenue stream and they mm. manage quite fine. So it's it's a yeah it's a, another tricky situation. It is so yeah, but you know that's what the MJ cast is all about, talking about these big issues that are happening in the fan world, and and sometimes we might not come to a conclusion and say one way or the other's right, but I think having the conversations really important. And we want to have that conversation with our listeners. So when you're listening to this, and if you've got thoughts on what we're talking about, agree, disagree, more information, share it with us. That's right. Comment tweet anyway you can get to us email us on the mjcast at icloud.com we love hearing from you guys and uh getting your opinions out there as well so next big news item interesting thing coming up later this year uh end of 2015 or 2015 sorry we've got kingvention happening on saturday the 12th of september 
Now, this is something that I am super, super excited about. I wish I could go. I can't go, unfortunately, because it's on the other side of the world and I'm a poor teacher. So I can't afford <laughs> yeah, to I'm poor now there, as but... well. I would love to go to this. How <laughs> awesome does it look? Oh, it looks amazing. So it's like, in London. Uh, it's in London. London. Okay, so Park all Plaza our, Hotel. Yeah, European, uh, UK fans that are listening to this episode, you've got an incredible opportunity here. Oh, I tell you what, and this is something, again, I don't want it to be another like a state bashing session, but the thing is like um, conventions are really big and I know the estate runs a convention. I think they do it in Vegas, but like these guys. Is this, that the this King... fanvention, MJ yeah. fanvention? Is that, is that an estate-based one? I thought that was another fan arranged uh, one. I've, I've heard that the estate run one in Vegas and they, they have a big hand in it. Um, I don't really know much more detail than that, but I, I do know that this this one that's happening is totally fan run. It's it's fan groups have got together and 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 organised it, and man, it's it just looks great. Like they're doing it exactly how I would envision yes. it happening. They've got people coming that worked with Michael that are going to get up on stage and talk about their time with Michael. It's going to be totally multimedia based. It's not just them standing on a stage talking. It's like we're it's the Brad Sunderberg thing going on. It's like Diana Wolchak, um, Jonathan Morris, and Rob Hoffman are the three people that have been announced uh, so far that are going to be speaking there at the at the convention um, convention, uh, and they're going to be talking about like obviously Diana is is the person who worked with Michael uh, in the mid nineties. Uh, she's a sculptor, and she actually sculpted the the statue that was photographed and used on the front of the um, history album cover and it's beautiful it's gorgeous i've, I've actually spoken to her briefly on, on on facebook i'm trying to organize to see if she can come on the mj cast as well but she did did such a beautiful job of that there's an amazing photograph of her working in her studio sculpting that statue with photographs of michael jackson all around her on the walls it's brilliant and being able to hear her talk rob hoffman obviously a uh, studio engineer that worked on the history album is going to be speaking and what an amazing opportunity it would be to go and hear them. Well, I think the, like the the theme this year is basically history because it's the twentieth anniversary history album, and the estate don't seem to be doing anything at this point. So, oh, they put a calendar out, but that's about yeah, it. Calendar last year, that's great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's all we needed, apparently. Uh, no, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, I think I read that Diana is bringing. Uh, a lot, like possibly even those photos that you just spoke about that were used in the sculpting sessions. And yeah. she, I think the bust, the history statue bust, is also going to be That's here. There's right. the opportunity to have photos with it. Apparently, um, the silver and gold tickets are sold out. So we have to do come out and say that silver and gold tickets yeah. are sold out. There are still standard tickets available at uh, the time of recording today on the May 2nd. So um, we'll put kingvention.com links in our show notes but yeah the history theme i think is awesome ah oh, it's, it's incredible they're doing it kingvention is doing it exactly like it should be done a totally. worldwide event that yeah. people can go to it's themed it's got people going to do with that theme that had stuff to do with michael jackson on their website it actually says that those people that are talking diana jonathan and rob will each take part in a live on-stage interview talking about their time working with michael jackson each guest will share their unique experiences with the audience accompanied by personal photos videos and special memories how special there's also the making of Moonwalker for the first time convention 2015, oh. 
will premiere a behind-the-scenes look at the making of Moonwalker, direct from creation with over 200 storyboards, unseen images, concept artworks and original script ideas. They're going to be showcased. Then they feature Michael's personal input and thought processes. So holy mackerel, like seriously, making of Moonwalker, there's history blast from the past. They're going to be showing videos at the silver screen. There's a King of King of Shop, MJ Marketplace, and then like a party and a dance floor and stuff. Like it's a, a real, like I understand this is the first Kingvention for the European and UK based fans and they've got to start somewhere and it is only a one-day event it goes from i think 11 a.m until 11 p.m so that is a big window but good luck everyone seeing all of this Uh. stuff because that seriously could be a multi-day event and i hope that in years going forward that this does become a bigger and longer event because i saw in the comments that people are traveling from even as far from new zealand which is really yeah the furthest place you can get from london almost people are traveling from new zealand just for this one day event so i hope that we are big supporters of this kingvention 2015 in london and we will be talking about more about it when we hear more um but at good value did you see the ticket prices I did, yeah, but I can't recall exactly what they were. I remember seeing them this morning and thinking they were pretty reasonable. Standard ticket is £40. The, even the gold and the silver ticket, which sold out, the silver was £55 and the gold ticket, £75. So I think for what they are presenting, that is incredible value. Even like even the gold and the silver have sold out the standard ticket alone. To see some of this stuff, to hear from these people directly and see exhibits and and have that opportunity to go into the mj marketplace and see merchandise and stuff like that you can buy um is incredible value so wow i really wish i could if anyone wants to sponsor the mj cast and sponsor (laughs) us and send us over there for research uh we're quite open to discussion (laughs) you know what Uh, wouldn't it be awesome one day if we could go to one of these things just you and i and we could we could go to a, a Michael Jackson event somewhere, set up a little soundproof kind of booth and, and do a live MJ cast right there when something was happening. How crazy would that be? That would be really <laughs> cool. I've, so I've probably some of the podcasts you listen to, like I do, have actually done stuff like that. I listen, oh, to... I listen to a great one, a Star Wars one called The Force Cast, and they recently just did some live stuff from... Um, you know, they had a big thing called Star Wars Celebration at uh, Anaheim. Yes, and, that was uh, huge in my Disney Twitter feed. People were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, really big deal. So this is the sort of thing we need in the Michael Jackson fan world. And, and you know, Kingvention 2015 is bringing that, you know, people are going to be able to come from all over the world to, to gather and in their Michael costumes and, and to be able to talk to each other and, and, and connect and network and, and then experience some of these great, great things. And I think opportunities like this, again, brings fans together. Like it is a unity kind of project where it brings fans together. And and Lord knows that the, the community, the Michael Jackson fan community, um, we've spoken about it. Um, Sil Mortilla has written about it, and it's a big theme in his book and a lot of his um, awesome blogs. Um, the division in the fan community is very destructive, and it was never like that before Michael passed. And... Granted, there are genuine trigger points and reasons for what caused the division, <clears throat> estate and decisions. Um, but we need to, we do need to respect each other as fans, 
and we need to respect each other's different opinions and different methods of putting things out there. Like this show, we're not experts. We're not, you know, we're just two fans, like you guys listening, two fans talking. So we are discussing stuff, but it is our opinion. We don't need you to agree with everything we say. Uh, so, you know, we want discussion and stuff, and that yes. makes interesting conversation, which is what we are all about. So, but projects like Kingvention and the Unity album and other stuff, it is to bring fans together, and these kinds of things should be embraced because we do need to heal the fan community. We can still have different opinions, and we can still love Michael in different ways. We don't have to agree with everything that's happening. But Michael's message was love and peace. We are his army of love and we have got a job to do out there of getting Michael's message out there, defending his name. And how are we meant to do that if we are so divided and like accusing incredible people like Sill of stupid accusations and stuff like that? Like these people are out there for Michael and his legacy and they're doing it with love. So we need to become more unified and we need to remember Michael's message of peace and love and embrace things like convention. Like I can't even imagine how awesome that would feel to be amongst all those fans and stuff. So good. So good. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Hopefully we see some really good photos and video coming out of the event as well. And we'll make sure to cover it. And as it happens, you know, be able to, I'm sure we'll do an episode in September or whenever and and be able to keep everybody up to date with how Kingvention went, even if we don't get to go. Yeah. And listeners that are going to go, let us know, hit us up, contact us on Twitter at the MJCast and email us, uh, the MJCast at iCloud.com. Email us. We want to know if you're going. And who you're going with, and tell us, you know, you're planning it. We would love to talk about it more. So, listeners yeah. out there who are going, tell us. Might even get some people on the show that that might have been able to go to to give their opinions about what the show was, uh, what the uh, convention was like. Why not? That'd be awesome. And there's like other stuff happening around the world as well. There's a Thriller Studio tour this year in 2015. Oh, when's that right. happening? Yeah, yeah, June. that looks. It actually looks really good. Yeah, I believe it's happening in June. June. 27th uh incidentally again my birthday so if anybody wants to buy me a birthday present and uh get me over to uh westlake studios uh, <laughs> hollywood uh I'll, you know I'll, I'll just um you know just accept any pay- paypal donations or if you want to send me some money or no i'm just kidding um but yeah like it looks amazing um it, again, like this is one of those things that, that it's going to bring the fan community together. I'm pretty sure it's already happened. This this studio tour is something that's happened in the past. But basically, it's a, uh, in, in a and I quote here from their website, it's an intimate three-hour tour that'll take you through the locations where Michael Jackson's legendary albums, Off the Wall, Thriller, Bad and Dangerous uh, and more were actually recorded. Uh, you know, you're going to enjoy behind-the-scenes accounts of the making of these famous recordings, as only the Thriller Studio Tour can provide. Uh, it actually begins at 8 a.m. on June 27, 2015, and there's only a limited number of tickets, uh, you know, per tour available on a first-come, first-served basis, and they do sell out very, very quickly. This is up there with, um, you know, if you've heard about the Brad Sunderberg in the studio with MJ seminars it's like up there in that level of quality it's the sort of thing that as a fan if this if this is happening around you like in a city near you if you if you're in california if you're near near hollywood 
you got to go. Don't miss it. It's the sort of thing that it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's going to, you know add a totally new dimension to your appreciation of Michael Jackson if you get to go to the studios where he recorded this material uh, and to be able to interact with uh, people at that studio. That looks pretty cool. Like, you know, Westlake Studio is a pretty pretty legendary studio. Yeah. So Yeah, it's not just MJ who obviously no. recorded really famous material there. It's a lot of people. So this is a three-hour tour and it will take you through locations where Michael recorded parts of uh, off the wall thriller bad and dangerous so we've yeah. all got favorite songs from those albums and imagine the stories that would come out of the three-hour tour yeah and it would be like um you know that it's the actual Westlake studios putting this on and uh, i believe the tickets are being sold through Eventbrite. uh so it's it's a big deal it's not something that someone's just thrown together at the last minute there's going to be like a lot of um different multimedia to engage with and stories to hear and i don't know if they're bringing in engineers as well to westlake people that worked with michael might be a part of that tour i'm not actually sure about that but it's definitely going to be of that quality as if uh they were doing that so definitely get on to eventbrite we'll put a link in the show notes and, and check it out looks good very cool so you have yeah. been traveling around the world you uh, and yeah. you you may have i think i heard at some point you tell me that you might have gone to a special show somewhere in in america that might have had something to do with michael jackson i did i got to go and see um the mj1 Cirque du Soleil show in las vegas now i listened to the interview with you and damien and you spoke about um Cirque du Soleil and their productions and how you didn't go and see the Immortal tour. Mm, and I right. also did not go and see the Immortal World tour. A lot of people that I worked with did go and see it and a lot of people loved it. Pretty much everyone that saw it raved about it and loved it. Yeah. They um they're just general people. They they're not all necessarily big fans like us, yeah. but they loved it. And I think the music was a big part of that. And then also Cirque du Soleil. So you and Damien, you were talking about Cirque du Soleil and how, I don't know, how you guys were a bit worried about the, the marrying of the two. Is that what? Well, yeah, we watched the, um, like, admittedly, I have That's not right. seen it live. So but you I were have talking to... about the documentary for yeah, yeah. Immortal. We watched which, the documentary. Yeah, I've yet to watch, but I think it would be pretty cool. It, it sounds awesome what you guys were talking about, how they yeah. – the quality of the documentary. So oh, yeah, the, that's, the that's film is great. Up. Yeah. Um, so I, but have you seen other Cirque du Soleil shows at all? No, I, no, I have not only televised things. Like I've watched Cirque du Soleil shows that have been put on TV, like different parts of them that have been televised. So I know what they're all about. And I know sort that of. it's very yeah. hard with Cirque du Soleil. Like it's, it's one thing to see like a Michael Jackson concert. It's one thing to see it on a screen or on YouTube or on TV and then say, okay, that looks cool. But to actually, yeah. I've actually been re- I've always been a big fan of Cirque du Soleil. I've, I've probably seen uh, for their touring shows, maybe um, four of their touring shows. I'm guessing it's hard to yeah. remember all of the names. I've loved Cirque du Soleil. I think they are incredible. They are just amazing artists and the performers are, these are like the creme de la creme of, you know, these kind of acts out there. These, these are not amateur circus productions and artists. These are mind blowing artists that these guys hire and train and they, some are children. Like I always remember seeing these little 
beautiful Chinese kids doing these incredible juggling acts and things like that. Like some of them are children and then they don't discriminate either. Like even in MJ one, there's an amputee who performs and he is amazing, mind blowing. Like the talent in these artists is amazing. So it was interesting for me listening to the show that you and Damien did talking about Cirque du Soleil and your opinions and stuff. Um, I think that, I didn't see Immortal, and the reasons were, and I'm going to be completely honest, it didn't, at that time, and even with MJ1, I had decided I didn't want to spend my money and so, to see these shows because I felt a bit sort of odd about where the money was going and the estate and their involvement in this. If this, I, I have no doubt, I think, that if Michael was still around, he would have probably ended up working with Cirque du Soleil and doing some sort of show. And that's a sort of a different kettle of fish. Like obviously that's not the case, but that would have been amazing. And the stuff that would have come out would have been quite different compared to the two shows, the Immortal World Tour, which was a touring show, and then the MJ1 show, which is a theatre show only at the Mandalay Bay Theatre. casino complex resort in las vegas that's the only this is not going to tour unless they can have a theater big enough for it this is not a touring show this is a set show in one place so i had decided not to see immortal but then i that is different i think to me having the soundtrack i love the mj immortal world tour cirque du soleil soundtrack the double disc deluxe version i love it's one of my most uh, listen to Michael albums. Well, I, you can sort of call it a Michael album because it is his music. It's a mega mix. I've always loved remixes and mega mixes. Yeah. Um, so I always loved the Immortal Tour soundtrack because to me it was like, it's like what, an hour and a half long, awesome yeah, mega mix yeah. of Michael's music. Yeah, it's that's one of my biggest contentions actually is the the album. I don't want to I don't want to be negative because I think you know actually the the one what I've seen. When when I get to talk about, I haven't seen MJ One, but when I when I do get to talk about it, especially the music around it, after you've you know given your your opinions and everything, like I actually have quite a positive outlook on what's going on with MJ One. My issues were mainly around Immortal and and the soundtrack. I felt like because I'll, I'll say it from the start, like I'm I'm actually a huge fan of the music musical elements that Cirque du Soleil do in their shows. Now the Beatles one, Love. That is one of my all-time favorite albums, and I actually think that uh, the way that Cirque worked with, you know, um, I can't remember his name, but he was like a a guy who worked in the studio with the Beatles on all of their their albums, and he had a really big hand in putting together the Beatles, um, you know, soundtrack. Uh, love to to this to their Cirque show, and I think it's incredible the 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 way that the songs blend into each other, the the subtle inclusions of lesser known Beatles elements into each of the songs to create this amazing musical journey throughout their careers from start to finish, is beautiful. It's it's seamless. It's timeless. It's its own thing. You can put it on and listen to it uh, without feeling very like oh that's. Um, not very respectful. And and I guess I did have some concerns around the Immortal soundtrack because I felt that the the, the fades and the blends between a lot of the songs were, were very, um, very distinct and I felt like it could have flowed a little bit better. I also had some questionable 
I felt that some of the musical decisions were questionable as well, some of the song inclusions without getting into any more detail. And I just I just felt in general like the music for the Immortal show could have been a lot better. I Some of the uh, people that worked on the show have, you know, like Jamie King has actually come out and said that the Immortal show was quite rushed. They only got it, they got it done in like a year when usually a Cirque show would take a few years to put together. Uh, so, and I felt like that actually shows a little bit. So yeah, I, I, I do feel like, um, you know, I think there's some great songs and some great things in the Immortal soundtrack. For example, the, the chanting that goes on in They Don't Care About Us. And there's some really cool stuff in there. But as a whole package, as a whole piece of work, I felt like a, a little bit, a little bit let down by the Immortal soundtrack. And I think that has been rectified in a lot of ways for the one, the MJ1 soundtrack. Uh, but yeah, they were my main concerns. Well, like things may have changed. I yeah, I love mega mixes, and I never yeah. had many issues with the Immortal soundtrack. It was yeah, like I said, always I listen. It's still in the car. I still, if I'm going to put a CD on, they're the two discs I've got of Michael in the car because I can listen to little snippets and stuff on the way to work and whatever. And apparently, the the sales were not great for it. But Cirque du Soleil have put out soundtracks for all their albums. Um, most of their touring shows, I think, have been put yes. out for sale. And they're not like going to be huge soundtracks that light up the whole world and hit the top five billboard charts. It's a it's a show soundtrack. And it's, yeah, it's Well, with the exception of the Beatles one. The Beatles one did like ridiculously well. But that was more of a cultural landmark. Like that was, um, you know, that was like huge and no one could have predicted it and i don't think any many other cirque soundtracks have reached that level of 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 quality or fame and and i think it's and i i I guess it was my fault because i kind of i kind of went into it expecting that the mj you know soundtrack for immortal to be as big as that and i was like oh this is going to be the ultimate mj party album mega mix and everyone's going to play it forever and this is going to be it's going to outsell number ones and it's going to be the go-to best of album and when it didn't live up to the hype that was around the beatles one i guess i kind of felt a little bit let down so that's a problem of mine i always go into new projects (laughs) with the highest hopes possible and i'm always a little bit let down but but yeah i mean it's got its good points don't get me wrong i i agree like i had hoped that that level of success would have been for this album and i honestly for me anyway i don't see why it didn't get that level of success i love Hmm. the immortal i think it could have i don't know why it didn't i think there was no publicity for it especially even when it toured they didn't even promote the album in the, the cities where it went i thought that was a ridiculous move interesting with the soundtrack of um immortal maybe the lack of success is one of the reasons why they never put the MJ1 soundtrack on sale because one yes. of my biggest, biggest, biggest bones of contention is that you can go to the show, there's an entire shop of merchandise at the exit of the show. The, the soundtrack is not for sale. Estate, if you're listening, what the fuck? Because seriously, that is bullshit. Seriously, and we're going to label, and I apologise for swearing, <laughs> but I'm so angry explicit about tag. this. Explicit tag earned, <laughs> verified. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's bullshit that you cannot buy the soundtrack for the MJ1 show either in Vegas at the show or online anywhere or even on iTunes as a digital download. That's ridiculous because the, the soundtrack is incredible. It's not as mixed as mm. the Immortal soundtrack i think a lot of the elements are more pure to album versions and then some um like uh mashups with other songs and elements and things like that but 
from go to, to from start to finish, that's another soundtrack that could and should definitely should in capital letters be out for sale. I don't see there's probably some ridiculous reason that it's not for sale. Maybe there's some sort of rights issue or something, but it's... I don't see why they would be. I mean, they're not using elements from other intellectual property other than what Michael put out, and they're the sole proprietors of that of that property now. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to release it. Unless, like, it's outside of their projected projects. Maybe they, maybe the estate, when they figured out what projects they wanted to release with Sony over a certain period of time, maybe this was outside of that, and now they... I don't know, but... It's just ridiculous that we cannot buy this. Like, there's bootlegs out there, thank God, because... Like, you know, where else are we going to be able to... It's, this is... Yeah, I understand that you should go to the show. It's in one place and it's a set Vegas experience. But if I can get a program to bring home or a Michael-influenced jacket, which I did not buy, to bring home, they were cool, but I couldn't buy a jacket, <laughs> couldn't afford that. So if I can bring those kind of things, why can I not bring home the experience of the music? The program yeah. is very detailed and I'll probably have to move up over to where I've got the program set up to remind me of parts of the show as I talk about it. But why can I bring that home, which is a gorgeous program for the most part, um, and I can't bring the music home to experience? It makes yeah. me so angry because like, if as a fan, I should be able to choose where my money goes and and that is something I would buy. And I'm going to say, honestly, now I had decided as we were planning this holiday, because this holiday was actually coincided with our fifth wedding anniversary. And I had decided that when we were talking about what are we going to do, where are we going to go? Then Vegas came up and I'd never been to Las Vegas. The husband had. And oh, because he, he actually bought you this as a gift, didn't he? Like correct. I had actually or ummed and art about going to this show as I did about Immortal. And then I had decided, no, I'm not going to go and spend my money on Immortal seeing it. I've got the soundtrack and that's enough for me. Um, I had ummed and art a long time and I ended up saying to him, listen, because the tickets are not cheap, we could use this money towards something else. So I had actually decided, no, I'm not going to, I don't think we need to go and see this show. That's cool. I'm fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine if we don't go and see it. That was my decision. And then he came up out and said, well, actually, I actually got your tickets as a surprise. So, and I was like, well, that's fine. And I'm very grateful and very, I was very happy that that was my decision that I wasn't going to buy tickets, but I was gifted a ticket to go. And he came with me. He's not a huge Michael fan at all. And he loved the show. He was really surprised. He didn't think he was going to enjoy it at all which is credit to him for wanting to even go with me and stuff. But he went and he loved it. And I was really happy about that. And and then I saw the show and I loved it. And I'm very happy that he got tickets and that I didn't miss out because I really did love the show. It was yeah. a great show. They do an incredible job. I um, I really want to be able to go one day and see it, hopefully one day when I go to the US. And I, I have... um. Before we get to the show, like we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what happened in the show. I, I can't wait to get your thoughts on that. But I do want to, while we're kind of talking about the music and the soundtrack stuff, I do want to kind of jump in and say that, I mean, I, I've listened to 
you know, parts of the soundtrack. I unfortunately have not had time. Uh, I got a copy of a bootleg of the soundtrack last night and I haven't been able to listen to the whole thing before this show because uh, I've been so focused on really enjoying um, the, the Unity album. But I, I have listened to parts of it, roughly a quarter, a little bit more. Uh, and the first half of it, or the first quarter, in, in my opinion, is a massive, massive improvement over... Uh, immortal it is everything i didn't like about immortal has been rectified for this album and i haven't again haven't listened to the whole thing but the thing that i'm loving about it so far is all of the inclusions of the uh, spoken word stuff from other like michael jackson products that have come out and, and different things that he said over time whether it, i think there's some things in there from music videos and, and just spoken word stuff that they've taken out and layered over the top of new um, audio experiences and it i just think that is really really creative it's it's created a whole new piece that flows really really well and uh yeah i, I i'm really enjoying the music and for me and, and i can't talk about it from the point of view of q who's been there and, and gone to the merchandise area but for me as a fan um, being so disappointed with the Immortal soundtrack, it, it annoys me that it's like the one that I don't like is for sale and the one that I really want to buy if I had an option is not for sale. I don't understand that. This, like From my perspective, the superior product, the superior soundtrack is not out there for purchase, but the less superior one is. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. But the, the spoken Michael elements were a huge highlight for me. Like yeah. there's some of those in Immortal as well, but it's a, the shows I think have very, very different feels and very mm. different purposes. This one actually has a very loose story behind it where the other one was like a, a mega mix showcase. Yeah. Well, well, walk us through the show. Tell us, oh, you know, like tell my, us all about it. My memory, is, my memory is really bad when it comes to detail and, and seeing the show is so overwhelming that, the, the, there's so much happening in the show that it's hard to for any of it to soak in. If you saw it a, a number of times over and over again, um, I guess you would remember more details about the show and specifics. So I will I'll try my best and and so the the show it's in a in a theater and it's got a beautiful proscenium arch around the theater, which is very inspired by the Dangerous album cover. And I thought that was a pretty cool detail. And that's actually also uh, a projection effect. So it changes throughout mm. the show and has movement and stuff in it. The walls on the left and the right of the theater are also big projection platforms, uh, screens, where as you walk in, so I'm going to be jumping all over the place. I'm useless at telling a story in the correct order. So <laughs> I'm so bad at this. So when you walk in with your tickets, you go in, there's these weird sort of um, paparazzi kind of characters in these uh, sort of uh, exaggerated caricature paparazzi costumes and cameras with big lenses and flash bulbs and stuff. And they take pictures of people coming in to the theatre. And like you sort of, just, all of a sudden there's a flashes going off and they're taking pictures of people like as you walk past them. Um, and I don't know if those pictures are then used live for that particular night or if they've got like a photo bank of pictures, but these pictures are then put up under weird headlines on these sort of newspaper, National Enquirer-esque kind of um, trashy papers and tabloids 
on the thing. So it starts off with on the side as you're taking your seats and you're waiting for the show to begin. You'll see like one or two newspaper images with these guests photos under these ridiculous headlines about you know aliens and i can't even remember they were just they were really they weren't serious sort of headlines they were just stupid headlines and then these people's photos are attached to them and then as the gets closer to showtime more and more and more overlaying images of newspapers and stuff fade in and out over the top so it's like this whole then blanket of tabloid trash around you on the left and the right like people are laughing because like oh look at that photo they got him at a bad angle and that's a stupid headline because that talks about a woman but then it's a photo of a man and people are laughing and it's quite light-hearted but underneath there is for someone that saw how the tabloid press treated michael there is that element of like disturbing behavior by the media and how they treated michael like you know this is what he had every day since he was very young. He had this this crap made up and this whole industry fed off his name and lies and just awful stuff. So that's sort of like a representation of that. But then, like, as you're taking your seat and you're waiting and all this tabloid stuff's happening, they come into the theatre. So then they go up to people in the audience and they get up in their face and they take all these paparazzi photos and like, oh, you know, tell me about this and they're here and how come you're out in public and blah, 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 blah. So then they bring that element into the theatre in the rows and on the aisles and stuff. So it's very sort of in your face. Interactive. So like the show's more than just being something on the stage. It's actually happening. That's the case with all of Cirque's shows. They have clowns of elements of clown characters that actually go into the audience in every one of the shows I've seen and they pull pranks on people and they get people involved. Um, so that's something that you would never get from watching it on a screen because it's, they, all of their shows are so into the audience and bringing the audience into the show that you would never be able to capture that on like a DVD ever. So that's one thing. But then also you might notice that there's a guy and a girl over there in the audience and they're like climbing over chairs. And then over the other side of the audience on the far wall, there's this other guy. And on the other side, there's this girl and they're like friends and they're trying to meet up and find their seats or what are these guys doing? So there's like, I think it was two guys and two girls in the audience. And you just go, something's funny about them. They're actually characters in the show. The show is based around these four young people. Reminds me of Scooby-Doo. There's the the like the Fred and the Wilma and um, those other characters in Scooby-Doo, if I remember the names correctly, um, Shaggy, Shaggy and Thelma. Precisely. I think we got I think them we all. Did. Wow, Woo-hoo, we're such Pretty nerds. Um, so these kids are actually the the what the show is built around and. Like, you know, they're nerdy and they're like, he's got, you know, his hoodie and his coloured clothes and one's got glasses. And um, so these kids, like, and then they're sort of security come after them and then, like, they're running and then they go up on the wall of the, the, the side of the wall of the audience. There's, like, a bit of a ramp and then they're up there. So, like, they're sort of already involving the audience into the characters before the shows really even began. So the story was not a set story. It was a little bit hard to follow and it's a sort of just a, like a loose theme. But really these kids, 
they're just these kids and they're maybe a bit awkward and they don't fit in. And throughout the show, sort of elements of Michael, um, that they have like talismans almost. Like there's the glove, glasses, the shoes and the socks. And what was the other thing? Microphone? Did you say the hat? Was the hat? Could have been the hat. Yeah, might have been the hat. Fedora. Yeah. yeah. So these are like almost like talismans where these are like Michael's powers. And throughout the show, these kids sort of get fitted to one of these Michael elements. And then when they sort of matched with their element, this, they sort of, their inner self sort of transforms or their inner self sort of gets let out and their outer self then matches who they are on the inside. So the main one really is the glove. And at the start of the show, there's, uh, you sort of get the impression that there's this dark force that wants to control these good elements of Michael, which is how funny if you sort of think about it, this dark force really wants to control these elements of Michael and his gifts. And these kids are like stumbling across these gifts and they're like, wow, what is this power? Let's try and learn more about what this power is and stuff. And there's this deep, dark voice, this sort of entity that sort of says like, and don't mess with the glove kind of thing. Don't touch the glove. So in the end, they find these cases with these items in it and they sort of, sort of, they all get sucked into this massive giant portal into the media. It's hard to sort of label what the dark force is. Is it the media or is it like negativity? Is it, it's really sort of hard to describe a label, but they sort of all get sucked into this portal at the opening of the show and they get split up from these four items and then there's this dark force. So a lot of these um, uh, acrobats and actors and, and artists, uh, they're like, you know, there's a bad side and then there's a good side of light. Sort of like, you know, in Captain EO, how there's all the cool people in the white clothes, they're the, the good people, but then there's the trash warriors and the whip warriors. They're like the grungy sort of dark force. So it's a little bit like that. So it sort of just flows through different songs and the, then slowly the kids sort of match up with these elements. So I think for, for example, um, in the song Bad, it's sort of got this sort of subway street feel to it and one of these like sort of nerdy kids gets matched up with Michael's dancing loafers and glittery socks. And then they've got these sort of elastic strings stretching across the stage where these awesome good guys are performing on. So they're like using these strings, elastic sort of things, as trampolines. And they're doing flips and jumps and dancing on just this element, which is basically just an elastic band. And then this nerdy kid's like, oh, I'll try it out, I'll try it out. And he's really bad at it and it's really funny. Um, and then say when he's matched up with his little talisman of the shoes, he sort of transforms his clothes and he's, he becomes this really cool kid and then he can do all these amazing tricks better than even the other guys kind of thing. So it's sort of like that, like um, the beautiful um, Asian girl, when she transforms, you know, during the song Jam, she ends up using like um, fighting sticks to fight off all these bad uh, elements which are like 
not really paparazzi, but there's this big giant monster sort of thing that is there with all these speakers and lenses and stuff. And then there's the physical people sort of that are elements like that as well. And she sort of transforms with um, the sunglasses, I think it was for her. And then she fights off all the bad guys in these awesome martial arts fighting stick things. So, but each song has sort of like a theme and a different thing. And I, I can't really get into all of it because it would go on forever and I can't remember so all dense. of it. Yeah, but yeah. it's funny. Yeah. There's The show has humor. It's like funny. Um, and the, the elements like the dancing is incredible. Like you go to a Michael Jackson concert to see awesome dancing. You go to this and you do not leave disappointed with the dancing. Then the physical acts that they do, which I have no idea of the name of, but you know, there's like trampoline acts where they're trampolining, but they're trampolining with a trampoline above them. And then they're going down instead of jumping up to a trampoline. These guys are doing it from going down into the floor and then bouncing from another trampoline up. So they're actually head first going down and up and they're doing moves and dancing and stuff like that. Then there's uh, the husband really loved the dirty Diana girl who was think back to this is it. And the plan of the acrobat who was going to be on the chandelier. Oh, right. In those cages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a very similar uh, act for dirty Diana and this where a girl, a beautiful girl comes out and she is on like a sort of a pole kind of element and she is performing on this pole and the stuff that she's doing, the strength that she would need to do it is just incredible. So I th- Wow. It sounds, it sounds really good. Like what, 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 what would be your highlight? Like, what do you reckon the, so- the best song, the best performance? Uh, the thing? What did you walk away from thinking that was amazing? Too many to say, honestly. And also like, I have to really would listen to the, the crappy bootleg that is out there. I would have to listen to that more. See, it wasn't, there was so much happening that it was hard for a lot of it to stand out above because also a lot of it that was happening, it was all such incredible quality that a standout thing is hard to pick out because they're all amazing scenes and amazing actors and performers. So I did, I think I took a note when I was quickly listening. I love the um, the mashup between Never Can Say Goodbye and Human Nature. That's actually, I think, in the first half of the show. And that was actually a really good mashup of a song and a really great performance. But there's also... Um, I, I imagine that there's live band elements. I've never been to a Cirque show where there has never been a live band element before, but there is also live singers elements. So there's this sort of character that floats in from the ceiling above the audience and over to the stage of like a, so she's like a mother earth kind of character. And she sings live um, over some of these tracks and she's beautiful and her voice is incredible so there's that real live singing element as well in parts of it, not only like the, the awesome recordings of Michael's songs and albums, but then there is a unique live element of a different arrangement yeah. singing over the top. That was really cool. 
I'm going to flick through the program and see if anything sticks out. Like human nature is really cool. The dancer for human nature, he's popping and locking. He almost, I think he dislocates his shoulder to do certain moves. It was insane. Um, Let me flick through. So like beat it. There's sort of like, you know, elements of the, the gangs in beat it where there's like a bit of a battle kind of thing from what I remember. Smooth Criminal was spectacular. Um, you know, we all would love to be able to do that MJ Lean. And I guess in Immortal, they did some sort of element with the MJ Lean. But in this, the they there's like, I can't even count how many people in the picture in this brochure um, of how many people are actually, they do the MJ Lean in front of you. And there's so, so many cool. of them doing it all towards the center of the stage like sort of where the bad guys are because it's the good guys that do this, that that was spectacular, the MJ Lean. Uh, and the costumes, oh, my God. Like I know – Because they were um, designed, weren't they, by Zaldi, the guy that was working with, with Michael for This yes. Is It. Yes, and some of the This Is It costumes that he designed, which Michael never really got to see any of them finished at all. Oh, I think he wore a couple of them. Isn't there some? There's, there was a couple of fitting sessions where there's photos of Michael wearing just a couple of Zoldi. I think he wore the Billy Jeans. Maybe stuff. some uh, of it, but none of it was a hundred percent. As far as I know, none of yeah. it was a hundred percent finished, and he never got to see yeah. and try any of the full costumes on at all. But um, and some of them were really weird, and you just go, "How would that have worked?" And like, but these ones. Um, would have been developed with the performers and artists that had to wear them and do incredible stunts with. And, yeah, the costumes are very detailed, um, which you'd think, oh, well, who's going to see that on the stage from far away? But in a lot of these songs, the performers actually are out in the aisles, and I actually had an aisle seat. So, say, for Thriller, that is a very audience-centric performance where there is so much happening on the stage there's stuff coming from there's performers above you coming directly down from the ceiling down above your head. And then in the aisle, there is performers out in the aisles as well. And like, I am the kind of scaredy cat at home where I'll be ironing in the ironing room. And then the husband will walk in to ask me what I want for dinner. And I'll just, I'll just have such a fright (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, you know, someone's here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you're still scared the crap out of me. So even though oh, I can see these. I did that to my wife the other day. <laughs> I went to hug her and she didn't know I was there. It was like, I was, I kind of snuck up on her like a surprise hug and she stomped on my toe, which I think is now fractured. It's so Ooh. painful, but kind of awkward. <laughs> doing the surprise hug again. No more, no surprise, more surprise hugs. hugs. So even though you can see these performers, it's like a meter away from you coming up the aisle when they then come up to your face and go rah like to scare you i still got scared and they've got these scary masks on and stuff i haven't even gone through all the photos that we took on proper cameras like i tweeted out a few photos as we went around but i haven't gone through all those but um we got some photos of costumes and stuff so i'll try and get those up so we can share but no the costumes were pretty cool Earth Song was in it. That was pretty cool as well. They used um, performers that do shadow art. That was – I've seen videos oh. of that. Have you seen videos where they do shadow art with human bodies and stuff and it turns into 
animals and it turns into different scenes of like um, environment scenes. Have you seen videos of Axelite? Yeah, I have. I so I'd have. seen videos of that and was like, wow, that's awesome. Earth Song is that. So they they use their bodies to turn into uh, animals and vignettes of different things and destruction and stuff. That was really impressive to see. So it's not all just mm. crazy clowns doing stuff on trampolines. Not at all. It's like Other yeah, stuff too, amazing yeah. artistry to do stuff like that. Um, and it's well, I, I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind asking you. I want to kind of get to what I would say is the most controversial part of the show. And I want to find out your opinions on something that happens kind of towards the end of the show. And it's, it's something that's like probably considered, you know, uh, you, you either hear people walking away from the show saying, look, that was the strangest part of the show. Or you hear people say that was the most special part of the show. And I think you probably already know what I'm talking about here, but it's uh, it's a hologram of Michael Jackson that, that, that apparently appears on stage, I believe, during Man in the Mirror. Now, uh, obviously, holograms of Michael Jackson are controversial in the fan world for another reason, being one of them was used uh, at, uh, I think it was the Billboard Awards a year ago for a performance of Slave to the Rhythm, and it was not very well received because it was touted as a Michael Jackson performance, and obviously the hologram was not Michael Jackson. It was a crappily done CGI head that looked nothing like MJ on the top of uh, a Michael Jackson impersonator's body that was captured and then uh, represented in the show. I think it was um, Ernest Valentino or someone like that. And all of a sudden, we've got a very similar thing happening at this MJ1 show in that it's, you know, clearly, I, I don't think it's Michael, but it's a hologram or Pepper's ghost effect representation of him. Uh, and I know, I know from talking to you, you weren't the hugest fan of the, the hologram performance at the Billboard Awards. So how did you feel about this one? It's funny. I think there's actually two instances of the hologram during the show. And my memory, I would have to try and find YouTube video to verify. And no one talks about the other one. I think earlier in the show, there's actually a little hole and we call it hologram. It's not a real hologram. Yeah, it's not really hologram no. is something like in star Wars where it's actually a 3d thing. This is just basically a very fancy peppers ghost effect that they use in theme park attractions and theater and stuff like that. It's been around for hundreds of years, literally. Um, it's just like the latest technology version of it. So I think earlier in the show, there's actually a, hologram for lack of a better term of a young Michael as well during one of the Jackson five songs. No one talks about that. And that was actually, if that was what I'm remembering correctly, that was actually pretty cool. The man in the mirror one, the hubs turned to me as it started and that came up and he's like, that's not him, is it? And I was like, no, he could pick it. He's not even a big fan Really, he has to put up with me watching and listening to stuff around the house and my collection, which he sort of banished all to one room. So, like, he has had the ironing no, room. It's actually the library. That's in okay. the library. Um, <laughs> the, the MJ, MJ library. library. But there's books in there, so it's a proper library. Um, so he actually could tell straight away that that was not Michael used in the Man in the Mirror hologram performance because it's not it. Michael never, the easiest way you can tell, Michael never performed that song wearing those clothes. So they have to, to make this uh, 
piece of technology work. They have to then capture that to project it onto the uh, the film screen that you see. So they they might not be able to do what they captured, say, in the Dangerous Tour or the Bad Tour, the History Tour on film. They can't essentially just project a cutout version of Michael from those performances onto what they're pro- the surface that they're projecting onto. They need to capture it with special light and special cameras, special speed film or however they do it. They need to capture it fresh to do this effect. That's why the, this performance, which was before, long before the Billboard Slave to the Rhythm performance and then later uh, with a slightly different uh, effect um, for the Billboard performance, that's why these are not Michael Jackson in these holograms. That's why it is an impersonator's body. And then for the Slave to the Rhythm one, they then attach the CG head of sort of like a Photoshopped version of Michael mouthing the lyrics and stuff. Isolation technology aspect of it is very impressive. But for me personally, seeing the man in the mirror one, that was probably the lowest point in the show for me. Is it, was it to the point like of ruining the show for you or was it just this thing that's like it happened and uh, let's just ignore that? No, that's a really great question. No, it did not ruin the show for me. Like it didn't sit well and it, but it didn't ruin because the show is so good that the rest of it just rises above it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, Man in a Mirror is a great song. So I'll just concentrate on that. And at that point where it's sort of wrapping bits of the story up, I can see yeah. I can see why it's sort of in that part of the show. But for me, it was... I think, like, I... I actually think it's a great idea. Like the thing is, I I love the idea of holograms or Pepper's ghost effects being used. For me, the problem is that they're not using authentic Michael footage. Like if they used, um, just say they got footage of Michael, you know, like performing man in the mirror at uh, one of the, one of the many times that he did it. Um, and I mean, I know there's, there's actually footage of Michael doing that, that no one's ever seen before. He, he performed it at, I think it was in 2001 at the, Oh, there was like a charity concert he gave after 9-11 and he performed Man in the Mirror there and no one's ever seen that, but I know it was captured on film. It just hasn't been released because of rights issues. Like, I mean, they could have got that footage and then like rotoscoped it and then kind of made a uh, Pepper's Ghost effect out of that footage that no one had ever seen before. Um, And it would have had a similar or the same or even better effect. I like the idea of Michael appearing on stage at key moments and then, I love it how I have seen some footage about how he like at MJ one, he like explodes into light and then the light just goes everywhere. Yeah, That's and, in this man in the mirror performance. And that's, yeah, I think that's really magical. And if he's coming on the stage at key moments, um, that's incredible. That's, that's so special. That, that it, It's a great idea. The problem again is that the estate have not used authentic. And Michael. I have a feeling that that's a technology reason. I think that yeah. at this point that they can't. That's why they have to film it fresh with like certain light and stuff and cameras to actually have. Yeah. Because we know they, they captured Michael's um, movements in Ghost wearing that special suit so that they can then 
use the special effects to do the skeleton Yeah, the motion capture suit. The motion capture suit. So there is data out there of that, but I think it's a technological um, limit at the moment, which is why they're not using authentic Michael Jackson footage and performances. Yeah, and I'm probably... I'm probably just showing my ignorance and, and naivety in, in, in not understanding that that's not possible. But for me, like it always comes back to this, whether it's music or performances or whatever, if you don't have authentic Michael or you can't use authentic Michael, don't use it. Then don't do it, possibly. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that part you mentioned is actually a picture of that in the, uh, the program where the being of Michael on stage then sort of turns into this little, uh, this cloud of, starry light that then disintegrates and spreads over the stage and throughout the audience. That is a really cool effect. Oh, it's an, an amazing idea and it gave me chills hearing about how they did it and, and actually seeing the uh, really, really – I've seen like footage of that and it's really low, poor quality um, footage so I couldn't really tell that the hologram wasn't authentic. But like I got chills when I saw that because um, it's a great idea. It's like Michael. Michael's beyond the physical form. You know, he is – such an amazing um, force that he's he's uh, he becomes light and just spreads out and then and then touches the audience. That's like such an amazing um, analogy, and for that to come to life on stage would have it's just a great idea, you know. And that's a big element of the show, and that's one of the reasons I love the show. Everything you just said is what they perform and capture in front of you, and and, and you feel it. Like that's mm. the thing with this show and why I really went away with it because I went in and like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. I knew that the hologram thing was a thing um, and it didn't sit well with me, but how am I going to feel about the rest of the show? Is it going to make me feel anything? There was a man sitting next to my husband and he was a grown man in his, I'm going to say fifties. He was crying. There were people all around us in this show crying. People yeah. got into this show. People, the show was so, I think, well done and well put together with Michael's music and message. None of it was ignored. It was his music and message and words and spoken pieces so well put together that his spirit, I feel, is in this show. As a huge fan that has been a fan for most of my life and have seen him live on a few occasions and in person at hotels, um, stuff like that, I felt his spirit in his show and a lot of other people would have as well because there were people in tears. I did get teary a little bit at a few moments. The hologram was not one of them, but in other moments, more when he was um, speaking from yeah. uh, different, uh, sp- like just different things that he said either on albums or speeches and film and stuff like that. Those moments are what got to me <laughs> the most. Yeah. That's not surprising hearing you getting teary. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just remembering back to uh, us seeing This Is It together at the Gold Coast when it first oh, came out and you were a, a ball of tears for that mess. whole time. <laughs> so was a few others around yeah, us. That's, that's an episode I can't wait we can all talk about. Um, Jamie King has done a terrific job as a uh, like director and story creator, I think. Yeah. Like, hats off to him. Well, it's a, it's really a collaborative effort, isn't it, between like, uh, Jamie King, who worked with Michael in the Dangerous Tour as a dancer. There was Zoldi, the fashion designer who worked with Michael on This Is It. And then Kevin Antunes, I believe. He's the musical director. I'm, I know he did Immortal, and I'm assuming he did MJ1 as well. And it was Greg Fillengaines involved as well, some of these musical guys that so worked with Michael? Or? Going through 
the creators. There's a director of creation, Welby Altador. Uh, Jamie King's the story creator and director. Um, let me try and find. So the Rich and Tone Teluga brothers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dancers as young guys on the History World Tour. So I've seen them uh, on the History Tour. They, they, whatever they brought to the show was incredible. Yeah, Kevin Antunes was a musical director and uh, did a great job. So the creators of the Men in the Mirror scene are here in the program as Michael Lemieux and Victor Pilon. Um, I think that's how you say their name. So they're the creators of the Men in the Mirror scene. So it would be interesting to hear what is the technological limitations of that hologram, in quotes, effect. Mm. Um, Travis Payne is listed here as choreographer as well. I'm just trying to see if there's any other names that pop out at me that people that have worked with Michael. I can't really see anyone else that's... Well, the sound, maybe the sound designer. I don't know if he had worked with Michael before, but Jonathan Deans is the sound designer, oh, and okay. yeah, the sound was incredible. You can feel the sound when you need to feel it, and then uh, other moments like the sound is incredible. And the theatre obviously is set up for this kind of show specifically. There's the seats in front of you and around your headrest. Like these seats in the theatre is designed for maximum sound like use and distribution and it's done really 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 well the sound was incredible that's great great to hear and that's something that i think mj would have loved as well because you can hear like uh in so many interviews that he gave uh around music and even interviews with people that were in charge of his sound at concerts they always say that michael said hurt me you know yes whether you're sitting or standing in the audience you need to be able to feel that sound and it sounds like from what you're saying that the show really lived up to what michael enjoyed about live sound in his shows he would have – it's hard to say, oh, what Michael would have loved, what Michael would have done. Yeah. In hindsight, it's hard to sort of for us to say that because we can't really. But We didn't I, know him. so We didn't know him. But I would think after seeing this, this is something as quality as he would put together and then exceeds it. Like we've seen through all his tours, each one is bigger and better and more refined and they just do things better and – as they go along. Um, and this is incredible. It's incredible. I'm going through the program and um, there's a pullout section at the back. And this show is inspired and celebrates the King of Pop, Michael Jackson, and is dedicated to Michael and his three children, Prince, Paris and Blanket, and to his mother, Catherine Jackson. So this isn't, this isn't some money grabbing show out there this is something that has been put together with love. It wasn't thrown together, I don't think, in a year because the quality of it is incredible. And the dancers, singers, actors and acrobats, you get the impression that these artists are huge fans and they are so grateful to be in this show, to bring this show to us because like they're just so good and you can feel their passion for what they're doing and that they've studied so hard at their craft, whether it be singing or acrobatics or whatever, that they're putting 110% into what they're doing. You really get that impression. And my hats, my just, I send my love to these performers because 
they are incredible and the passion that they feel, you feel it from them in what they're doing. And when they come out to the audience and they would give you high fives and fist bumps and like, hey, dude, I, I love your outfit that you're wearing. And I'm like, um, thanks, cool. Because I had sort of had like a, not really a Michael jacket on, but I had like a nice jacket on and a tie because I was going to the theatre. So I wanted to sort of dress up. So to have those in, even interactions with the artists when they came out to the audience during like the finale, when they're all like high-fiving everyone, like four different artists gave me high-fives and handshakes and stuff. And to me as a fan, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool because these guys are like the top of their field. They're amazing. Like the, they're just gorgeous. Like the girls are smoking hot like girls and the talent that they can do with their, their the strength and stuff that they have to have. And the guys, ladies, you're going to love this show. Like the guys are fit as. They are hot guys. Like they <laughs> tear their shirts off and they're like rippling muscles and hotness. Like damn. it's damn. <laughs> I, I was like, Damn. And no, like they're fit and you can tell how hard they work for their strength and for their talent and stuff. Um, I like, you know, the finale is awesome when they're all like sort of on the stage and stuff like that. Cause you, then you get to see how many, how many people are actually involved in like this lift out in the, the program of the performers, it's photos of them. And then it opens up again into other pages. So it's like this whole fold out thing of like four or more pages of all these artists and stuff like warrior dancer, tabloid junkie dancer, dirty Diana pole acrobat, Jean butterfly. She was amazing. Uh, like the trampoline artists and slack lines. It's yeah. I, I went into the show thinking, am I going to like this? Like, yeah, it's, it's cool that they're doing this, but is this worth doing? Is it worth celebrating? Is it worth seeing? And I left very moved and very touched by it because you can really feel Michael in the show. This is something that he would have done himself if he could have in his shows. You can see a lot of this is it elements because he had obviously grand ideas that he maybe wanted to bring to life in this is it. Yep. There's even like a bridge scene in this, which reminded me of the uh, MJ and Friends concerts. Where yeah, they had in 99. Bridge, they were in 99. So yeah. they've sort of got the bridge in this show in some elements. And I was like, well, you know, these are visions of Michael that have now been brought to life and extrapolated into 2014, 2015 technology. They're able to do this now. So they're doing it. And it's so big and it's so over the top and the audience is so involved like they there's literally performers coming from the ceiling down very very cool just above your heads you could reach out and touch them there's magic <laughs> effects like we all know michael was a huge fan of magic he saw yeah, yeah. every magician in vegas when he lived there uh, and there's magic effects and stuff in this show and, and you really feel so much from what they bring to life that you're just like gobsmacked. And it's so, it would be really hard to put this on Blu-ray or something because you would lose 50% of the show because it's so, so interactive, so interactive. Um, Can't wait to see it one day. I hope it stays around for a really long time. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, like the thing is like immortal 
itself, the the traveling Cirque show, was like the biggest selling. I think it ended up being the biggest selling musical touring show of that year or something. Like, I mean, the people want to see stuff live to do with Michael. So it's, yeah, it's going to, it's going to end up having a very, very long run in my opinion. And and hopefully one day I get to see it as well. Maybe even open in other places if they build theaters for something like this, like London, London or, um, you know, Macau where there's huge casino. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's Michael Jackson Museum stuff in Macau casinos. Very, very cool. But no, thank you for asking about it, and I'm glad I got no, to no, talk about that's it. That's okay. I'm just so happy that you're able to to give us a big rundown on what it's like. Hopefully, people listening to the show that the jury's out on whether they want to see it or not, or people that are feeling really, you know, oh, I don't want to see that because it's got the hologram in it. Like, hopefully, people that uh, you know have listened have got a bit more perspective on on what the show's like now. And I'm certainly somebody who's I wasn't really interested based on my experiences with the immortal thing. And I wasn't the biggest fan of immortal, but after hearing Q talk about MJ one and you know, I think, I think I, I would really give it a shot. So Cirque thanks to are incredible. And if anyone was to put these stuff together, you would want it to be Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. You would I mean, not he, want he anyone had great else respect to do for this. Well. Like Thriller Live and that kind of, uh, show in the theatres in London and then the touring show, it's a very different kind of thing to this. It's a different experience. They're not the same end game. Like this yeah. is a completely different thing. And, and yeah, I was very grateful that I got that gift from the husband um, and that we got to see it together and that he enjoyed it as well. He really came out and he was like, really wow. like that is awesome. And he's not a giant fan, like I've said. And mm. also he was surprised with the sort of age group in the audience. But we know that as fans that Michael's art transcends all age barriers. And That's right. Every, it's so international and there's no boundaries on it. Because it, there wasn't a huge amount of kids, but there were some kids. There was um, – I'll tell you a few little quick stories. There was a dad, a mum and a dad and a little kid. He might have been about five or six behind us. And before the show had started, dad was showing this kid Michael Jackson videos – on his phone from like YouTube or something. And you could tell this kid was like, cause he might not have known who Michael Jackson was like, what am I here for dad? And the dad was showing it. And this kid was like, just enraptured by this tiny little phone screen. And then the show started and it was just all brought to life in front of him in a way that you could never really imagine. And he was just blown away. Then, like I said, there was the, the older guy next to us. He was crying. There were people all around crying. There were fans cheering out. You could tell who the big, big Michael fans were <laughs> compared to just theater goers. Cause we would know the words. We would sort of dance along. We were always tapping our legs or clapping long to the songs and stuff. So you could tell the fans and the audience compared to regular theatre goers, but like no one left disappointed and stuff. There, You might have seen I put an Instagram picture out of a quick holiday wrap-up and there was a picture of um, the red jacket of Michael's. Yeah. There's like uh, around the theatre and the shop, there's actually um, exhibits from Michael of like that incredible jacket, which everyone calls sequin jackets. That is not a sequin jacket. That jacket is actually hand-stitched tiny little beads. And I got um, some close-up photos of detail, which I hope I can share with you all that shows the detail. I've actually seen some of those jackets in Los Angeles when I went over in 2009. There was an exhibit at the Grammy Museum of a lot of clothing 
um, and Michael exhibits um, which he'd worn and stuff. Like even the um, jacket he wore at the 9-11 concert, charity concert, the one with the big eagle on it. Oh, right. The one, it, it even had, a, I think, the, the US flag. flag on there. And yeah. That's a beautiful jacket. Yeah, yeah, so I've seen, like, that jacket at the Grammy Museum in Los wow. Angeles in 2009. And then this red jacket and all those iconic brocaded jackets and stuff like that, like the Thriller suit, which was this white linen suit that he was photographed in on the cover of the Thriller album. I got to see all of that stuff back then. So seeing a couple of these exhibit pieces as well is really cool. Like there's really a, special, yeah. um, stuff for the 30th anniversary uh, concert in New York that's uh, exhibited there. There's lyric sheets and stuff. Um, so there's some cool stuff attached to the show as well that you can just go and see when awesome. they are at the casino. So yeah, thank you husband for taking me as an anniversary present. Um, I, I am very grateful that I got to see it like, cause a lot of the estate sanctioned stuff I have very mixed feelings about and yes. will yeah. not buy a lot of it. And that's yeah. why I had the feelings like you did uh, for the immortal show. Same for this one. So I'm glad that I got the chance I've rabbited on for about five hours too long, I think. I <laughs> no, maybe no, you need to edit this down or something. I hope no one got bored of me talking. And I know when I get excited, I talk really fast. So to people that English isn't their first language, I hope that you can understand what I'm saying, the <laughs> accent and then the speed. So, yeah, I hope that you all got something out of that. Thank you, Q. That's, that's really amazing. Let's get on to our finds of the week. Uh, I'm going to... Give mine first, if that's all right, Q. I uh, experienced a great video this week put together by a friend of the show, Tristan Jackson. Great, great guy. Uh, he has a, a really good website called tabloidjunk.com if you want to go check that out, and a great YouTube channel as well. He's got some phenomenal videos out there about uh, Michael Jackson that he's recorded and a lot of other topics as well. Big YouTube uh, sensation and a good, good friend of the show. So he's made a video recently. It's uh, You can actually get, you can check it out if you go to tabloidjunk.com uh, and the specific link to the show, uh, to the video, and we'll put it in our show notes, but it's actually tabloidjunk.com slash make that change, all one word actually. Uh, and if you go there, you, you're going to find this video and it's really, really special. Now, Tristan, he's, uh, he's a guy that has a, a big appreciation for all things audiovisual. He loves uh, Blu-rays and we have great chats about uh, things to do with audiovisual material. And uh, he's always been a big fan of editing video as well, having done that for YouTube and, and, a, different, and a few other different projects that he's put out. Now, he's, uh, he's actually he's, he's made this video, and it's all about, or put it this way, if you've ever seen the film Moonwalker, you'll know that the, uh, the film starts off with a kind of like a, I guess it's like a montage uh, of different pieces of footage uh, to the song Man in the Mirror. And it's got live footage of Michael performing Man in the Mirror from the bad to uh, the second leg. Uh, and it's also got, you know, footage of uh, different events around the world uh, that fit the narrative of uh, Man in the Mirror. Uh, and, and it was a great video clip uh, and one, definitely one of my favorites. But, but, but TJ, um, Tristan, thought, you know what, let's, let's, I'm going to remake this. I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it. Uh, in a way that suits 2015. So what what he did was he he uh, painstakingly uh, took a lot of footage of Michael performing Man in the Mirror, 
and from different concerts as well, from the history tour, from from different different periods, and also footage not just from Man in the Mirror, but he's got footage from Earth Song performances and, and different different things like that. And he's he's preferenced the footage that looks really really good. So obviously the um, the history tour live in Munich uh, has actually come out in um, you know high definition. It was it was aired in Germany a few years ago in 720p high definition. So he's used a little bit of that. He's used uh, footage from all all kinds of different things, and he's he's edited it together. With, with also footage um, from today of different events happening around the world, like different riots and wars and some great footage of those things happening that he's put in there as well. Uh, and he's, he's also taken, um, you know, like uh, he's used the sound desk recording of, of the song Man in the Mirror from the Bucharest 92 uh, Dangerous World Tour show. Uh, he's also used uh, audio elements from uh, Los Angeles 1988 on the Bad Tour, and uh, also Brunei 1996. So he's put together this amazing video. It goes for about seven minutes. He's, he's really wanted to do it in 16 by 9 a widescreen format, so people can watch it on, on modern uh, televisions and, and smartphones and tablets and different things like that. Uh, it looks amazing. Uh, really, really good video. Definitely check it out. I'm going to put a link to the show notes for um, TJ's uh, video. It's actually called Make That Change. Uh, if you want to share it around on Twitter and Facebook, make sure you use the uh, the hashtag Make That Change. Um, TJ's a great artist himself. You know, like he he puts a lot of time and effort into creating his videos, uh, editing them together, the sequencing, the timing, the the audio levels, the the everything. He's he's just a great guy, uh, very talented. So I can't wait for you guys to engage with the Make That Change project, uh, an all encompassing video of uh, Michael performing Man in the Mirror um, from his career. So that's my pick of the week. That was a good pick. I love that video. It was like, yeah, the 2015 film clip version of Man in the Mirror, the, the full long track. So, no, it was really well put together. I really loved that. That was a good pick. Yeah. What, my, what have you got? my pick of the week, we actually, I have to be honest, we actually were fighting over the picks of the week this week. <laughs> there was like, well, I was going to pick that, but I was going to pick that. What was your second choice? Well, that's what I was going to pick as my second choice. <laughs> so we were, we, were, we were great minds think alike, but there was some great stuff out there. Um, two cellos. You might have seen... Uh, probably a couple of years ago, they had a video of them on the street. I'm uh, pretty sure this is the same group. I hope I'm not yeah. screwing this up. Of Was it Smooth Criminal? I think it is, yeah. They've done Smooth Criminal, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, and that sort of went viral on the internet. It was really cool. Um, but they've done a lot of stuff since, but they've just, I think, just put out this week a new one related to Michael Jackson, and it's them doing They Don't Care About Us with cellos and it's awesome this is not just them on the street doing it which was awesome enough they've actually done like a proper sort of film clip for this with effects and um, sets and, and actors and stuff and other musicians and it's really quite powerful oh it's brilliant it's really well done like that sort of shows um you know representations of that that people up high Maybe you're playing a game with people's lives, uh, like a chess game, and there's chess pieces falling, and that they don't care about the consequences of certain things that happen and are decided, um, and that yeah, they don't care about us, and that's sort of really, it's yeah, it's quite well put together. It's really quite moving, and and the there's no lyrics in this, and yet you get the feel. Oh yeah, you totally the, do. Yeah, the anger and the the passion in this song, you get it just from their artistry, 
playing the cellos, how many, um, I, I don't even know what they call it. Like when, what's that part that they play the cello with, like the horsehair bow or whatever it is, how many of them do they go through? Cause they, they thrash it. They you can do. see they... like split strings. It's, it's out important. of this world. And you know, you know one thing that I loved about it as well, apart from the music, which is outstanding as all of their stuff is, but the, uh, the fashion design in it. You know, oh, like, yeah, the style. Awesome. Oh, the, the art direction within the video clip, whether it's, you know, the, the effects, but the, the fashion, you know, they're wearing these like um, imperial era military style uniforms that Michael often wore when he was doing his thing. And these guys have kind of put their own spin on that. But it, it looks just think about like, um, oh, what was that song uh, by Coldplay, uh, Viva La Vida? That it's that kind of like fashion style in there that, you know, British Empire era sort of uh, military clothing. And it's just, it looks incredible. Um, They look incredible. The music is incredible. It is a a brilliant tribute to Michael Jackson. Amazing. Great, great find. Cool. So yeah, we can't wait to, if you haven't seen it already, to share that with you and then you guys can share it around. Why don't we play it right now? Ah, yeah, let's do it.
there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and Amazing. yeah, share it around because yeah, it's pretty cool. They did that great. So yeah, they're two great videos. Share them around and let us know your thoughts. And yeah, so we're gonna we jibber jabbered along enough today. <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap it up. I hope that you guys have enjoyed the show. It's a long one, which is good. You got your money. I think we set a record. Today. It's our it's our longest one yet. Maybe. Wow, the first one would be hard to beat though. <laughs> we'll see how we go but um yeah you know the joy of podcasting and stuff you can pause it and or take it with you enjoy it in transit as you're going to and from work and doing housework and stuff if you listen to it like that that's right so, uh, we have had some people actually feedback and say oh your show's amazing it's really good but it's a little bit long we've had some people say it's too long we've had some people say it's too short um i think it's important to understand that with podcasting as a medium like I mean, I listen to shows that are four hours long, but the important thing is that you, you're not. You, if you don't want to engage with it in one sitting, don't. If you're listening it to us on a podcasting application, which is the way we're intended to be heard, pause it. Listen to half an hour one day, come back another day and listen to another half an hour. It doesn't have to be engaged with in one sitting. So yeah, we'll uh, we're going to try and keep putting out shows that are that are a little bit long around that two hour mark because we really want people to get their um, enjoyment from the show. So. And because we're not like a weekly show, then you can spread it out, listen to it over a couple of weeks, not in one yeah. sitting, and then you get your money's worth. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to say a couple of thank yous, if that's okay. I wanted to say thank you to the awesome Damien Shields who filled in for me when I was away. Um, and I actually got to catch up with Damien in person during the week, which was awesome because I'm reading his amazing book, Escape Origins which I've got the last chapter to go. It's, it was over far too quickly. I'll probably have to read. I want to read it again and then have those tracks so I can refer to the tracks and maybe take some notes and we'll talk about it in another show. But yeah, Escape Origins, the songs and stories Michael Jackson left behind by Damien Shields. It's available at escapeorigins.com that you can order it directly from that website. So, wow, what big shoes. Like, you know, Damien really stretched my shoes when I was away because he did a great job. And, yeah, it was so good to see him this week and get him to sign my book. So thank you, Damien. A huge thank you. And this, even if we don't say it, every single episode, James Allay, this show couldn't happen without you. Like, you know, behind the scenes, this show, you, you've, you've, you, this show is – in honor to your input as well. So James Allay, absolutely, thank you, brother. It, it actually wouldn't be, uh, without going into detail, this show would not actually be possible without James. Yeah. Uh, he's responsible for a lot of the back-end, behind-the-scenes stuff that go on, goes on with the MJ cast. So a huge thank you to James. Uh, it's been a vision of, of a group of us for a long long time to get the MJ cast up and running. Uh, and uh, without him, it never would have happened. Thank you, brother. Um, and... Denise Purcell, one of our big loyal listeners. We've got a lot. We've got so many loyal listeners, don't we, Jamin? We're so oh, it's lucky. Huge. It's it's great. We're, I feel really humbled. Very humbled. We're very lucky. But um, and th the time that we're awake and recording or up and tweeting, it doesn't always match up with time zones in other parts of the world. So, but it was just funny this morning that when you put a tweet up about we're recording, she was the first person to share that. Like. The new episode's getting recorded today. And oh, it's, she's great, isn't she? Like, I mean, the thing is, like, when now that we've been doing this for a little while, the people that retweet us and favorite us and and uh, you know like and share us, uh, it's often the same people that are doing it 
really quickly yeah. after we put stuff up and it's yeah. really cool it's like jerome horn and denise katrina and, ashley um, um austin ernst austin, um, maximilian schroeder yes austin um we loved your suggestions for topics and do not feel bad that it hasn't been this show because we feel they're such good suggestions that we're actually going to work them into a future show coming up very soon. Next one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they were great suggestions. So thank you, Austin. But yeah, we love our loyal listeners and why can't you all, we want to thank you all, but there's so many of you, (laughs) but interact with us and we're happy to give shout outs and stuff like that. So when you reshare and stuff like that, like I said earlier in the show, I thanked a lot of the people that personally shared our video from the, the earth day, um, hashtag MJ for earth day video. If you want to search via hashtag, um, so yeah, thank you all for that as well. Cause that made a massive, very busy week for us here at the MJ oh, cast. Um, Jamin, thank you for having me back. <laughs> what do you mean? 50, 50 brother. <laughs> I know, but Damien did a good job and you did some great specials and yeah, thank you for working so hard when I was away. Cause you put those specials together on your own. Um, um so. yeah it was uh it was a that was part of the reason why we did a couple of specials is because you you weren't here so it was difficult to um throw together regular shows so i mean specials are something i'm really passionate about we we want to be able to interact with people who knew and work with michael uh and in the future there will be more specials coming but at, now that q's back on board you know in australia we'll, we'll probably be putting them out a little less frequently but when they do happen they'll be very very special um, we've got a we've got a new section on our site actually. If you go to the mjcast.com, I've actually made a a drop down menu at the top of the site dedicated to the specials. So um, if you are in the mood for hearing about the stories of people who who worked with Michael or, or knew him uh, or have written about him, in the case of someone like Sil Motilla or Damian Shields, click on our specials menu at the top of our page, themjcast.com, and you are going to have a lot of listening enjoyment. Uh, for your day cool and so you just mentioned our, our website themjcast.com what other ways can people reach us and and access us well uh first and foremost we are a podcast so if you want to subscribe to our show uh the the easiest way to do that is to go to themjcast.com and up the top right of the page if you're accessing us on a web browser on a computer there's actually links to subscribe to us they're like orange and purple and if you click on them uh, you will automatically be subscribed to the MJ cast through iTunes or another um, podcasting application of your choice. Uh, similarly, though, if you're accessing us using a mobile device like a phone or a tablet and you go to the MJcast.com, in the menu, you just go to the subscribe section and you can you can subscribe that way. Uh, the buttons aren't there on a mobile device, unfortunately. Uh, in terms of um, finding us on social media and interacting with us, uh, we're pretty much everywhere. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, we're on Google+. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. You can find us everywhere. It's as simple as going to our uh, site, again, themjcast.com, clicking on our social uh, menu uh, link up the top, and it's going to drop down all of those different places you can find us. Uh, We love it when people like and subscribe to us and everything on all of them, because the thing is, the MJ cast is a little bit more than a podcast. We are... 
we put all kinds of content out, whether it's news or images or all, all sorts of different things. And the only way to get the full story and the full picture of the MJ cast is if you engage with us on all of our platforms. Because on, for example, on Facebook, that's where we put our most important updates when they come through. On Twitter, that's where we put lots and lots of opinion and updates all the time. A lot uh, on more Instagram. interaction on Twitter. We get, we get to interact. Like Facebook's a very different platform. And personally, I don't really like the <laughs> using Facebook all that much. Well, I love it. So. You love it. But I'm like, yeah, Twitter, We it's a lot more personable on Twitter. But then yeah, yeah. like the YouTube comments, thank you for those. Oh, we love our, our YouTube listeners. And, and that's the thing as well. Like we would prefer it if you could engage with the MJ cast on a podcasting application because uh, that's how it's intended to be heard. And also you get a longer version of the show with lots of multimedia and audio that isn't on the YouTube version for copyright reasons. So um, if you are somebody who prefers YouTube though, that's okay. Uh, and we, we love you guys as well. So that, that's how to get in contact with us. We're on uh, all Did sorts you do of the social email? media. Oh yeah, I forgot the email. If you want to send us an email, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we are the MJCast at iCloud.com. That's the MJCast at iCloud.com. I'm terrible at replying to emails on our uh, mail account though, so I'm very, very sorry. I'm quite a busy guy. Uh, but Q, Q is usually the one that um, takes a leading role with, this, with the interaction with our listeners and the social side of things. So um, sorry if I don't reply straight away or at all, but I'm, I'm sure Q will eventually get back to you when he can. <laughs> yeah, and sorry if I've missed any stuff. Like just if I've missed something, send, send it again. So I know, oh, sorry, I missed that. That's well, cool. you've been away traveling, so there's, yeah, that's all good. Yeah, cool. Well, I think that's pretty much the end of our show. That's definitely our longest one yet. That's roughly two and a half hours. Um, sorry to the people who like short shows, but please, you know, Just pause realize it. you fine. can pause it Just and pause come back it. to it later. <laughs> <laughs> We'd rather give uh, long shows to people um, with lots and lots of content than short shows where people feel like they're missing out on something. Uh, you know, like Michael said, and this is it. You got to feel nourished by it. <laughs> so we want to make sure that people are really satisfied um, with our content. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. We're going to be back again in two weeks' time. We are a fortnightly podcast, so you can expect us again uh, in two weeks' time. We don't know yet whether it's going to be a special or a uh, regular It'll be episode. A surprise. We'll it's a keep surprise. Keep an eye peeled, and you'll find out <laughs> online before the recording. We'll let you know what's going to happen and what's coming. So Absolutely. this has been Richard Pennsylvania from Epcot and Damon Bull. <laughs> or Harry Potter. Why not? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't <laughs> record under the stairs anymore, people. I know. I know there's a bit more echo on my vocal these days, but I just couldn't handle doing it in the cupboard all the time. I was getting real sweaty and hot and I'm out of the cupboard. I'm in Yay. my office. Yay. Cool. <laughs> all right. All thanks right. for a good show, Jamin. And because I think part of the reason this was so long is we never had caught up since I got back. I wanted to save all of the catching up for the show. So you guys Absolutely. have heard us catching up for the first time live. since I've been back live on the MJ cast. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a really, really good fortnight ahead. We can't wait to, uh, to put our next show out. Thank you very much and keep Michaeling.